Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Pickleloaf and Dr. Zong. Welcome to Silver and Gold. Yeah. When I'm alone with you. Gronky, we got your song in. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, this week we're doing some uh, druggy, yummy, druggy shows. Wait, movies. No, not shows. I'm high. Uh, <laughs> I'm the loaf, yeah. and with me, <laughs> Dr. Zah. What's up, people? Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, uh, this week the the druggy druggy shows um, we're uh, we're doing. I said shows again. The Boost from 1988 and uh, Drugstore Cowboy from 1989. 80s drugs, sort of. Um, Dom, how are you, sir? I am on drugs. Yeah, we uh, we had to delay a couple days. We just got off a giant bender, so. Uh, and wait, wait for our eyes to not be all crossed up. Regain use of our limbs. You know how it goes. Uh, so we'll get into those movies soon. Um, Zom, how was your week? We've had a little couple extra days of sleeping. Well, it's been it's been good. I um, I am s- still. I don't know if I want to say religiously. You know, being the uber <laughs> uh, non-believer. Um, but I have been walking my dogs uh, on the the uh, in uh, at the great new park that I found, um, and I think I found a couple of cheating married people um, <laughs> yesterday walking on the trail. Uh, I <laughs> I came across these people. Every, there's a there's a place to park right at the entrance where everybody parks. You can actually drive through on the trail, which makes a big loop, to go around and come out. And I was walking, and there were these two people, these two hillbillies, that had – they drove their cars way back up in there, and they parked them really <laughs> super close together and were standing in between their cars, a man and a woman, hillbilly. And they were like – you know, when you stand really, really close – and when I went walking by, I very rarely stick to the paved trail because um, it's really nice. Like uh, even where there's trees, they've thinned them out, and they, there's not a lot of underbrush. There are on the periphery that the, the, the goes around the, the perimeter mm-hmm. that goes around the outside, but on the inside, you know, there's trees, but they're it's not real thick, and there's a lot of grass and everything. So I walk on that. And they could not take their eyes fucking off of me to see if I was watching. I, I, could, I was like, okay, there's only one reason. Were they? That, how do you know they were hillbillies? Were they, did they have like the wheat straw hanging in their mouth and overalls and bare <laughs> they feet? They live in West Virginia. That's why. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's uh, – uh. I, 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 Sammy said in Kentucky that is like a term that if you call somebody a hillbilly, it's like almost like you'll get in a fight because people – uh, really hate that. 
around here, nobody gives. I mean, when he said that, I was like, "What the fuck?" Because I mean, around here, first of all, nobody even says it anymore, except me. But if I went up to a total stranger and said, "Hey, hillbilly" or something like that, they'd probably be like, "Hey, man, what's up?" <laughs> hey, man, it's redneck, not hillbilly. Yeah, yeah. Fuck what? education. What? Fuck um, smart stuff. I uh, so yesterday I had a, an interesting experience when I I stood up. <laughs> I didn't. This was nothing strenuous. I stood up from eating. And I felt this like tweak in the back of my knee, and there was a sudden shooting pain down through the bottom of my foot, through my calf, and I had to hobble around all yesterday. <laughs> I have no idea what it was. I'm That's still hurting. That's called getting old. Oh my god! It was like I pulled a. It's like I pulled a muscle, and but I felt it actually happen. You know what you need and, to do? You need to talk to Bryn and about yoga. Don't do any of it. Just talk to him about it. <laughs> okay. And by the time you get done talking about it, your leg will be better. My leg will feel better. Bryn, I need you to I need you to send me a message. Tell me all about yoga and then by the time I finish reading it, maybe I can stand make maybe I can stand up and not hurt myself. Dig it. Uh so what have you been watching this week, sir? Oh shit. I was just getting ready to take a drink of water. Okay, anyway, whatever. <laughs> uh from two thousand ten. Okay. I have watched uh a movie. That stars Henry Mosk, Eno Furch, and Suzanne Wurst. It's directed <laughs> by a guy named Dr. Uwe Buhl. Yeah. Max Schmeling, or Fist of the Reich. Uh, this is a true story uh, about a uh, former world heavyweight boxing champion, Max Schmeling. Um, this is really good. I really liked it. Um, you know, Uwe Boll is known for his, uh, gamer movies, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, big time action movies and shit. Not big time action movies, but action movies. And, um, this is really good. I mean, this shows the guy can direct. It is a, I used to watch boxing religiously i used to box in the gym and stuff a lot uh back before i decided you know i don't know it's just one of those things you just grow out of uh and um but this is really good it follows along with you know the the true story and it's compelling because he became the world champion as the nazis were taking power in germany and it shows how they tried to use him and how things in Germany progressed. And it's, I really liked it. So nice. I know a lot of people were like, you know, uh, but it was good. And I have been emailing him back and forth. So, um, then uh, you did. Yeah. Oh, nice. I've watched a bunch of his movies lately. And so anyway, let's see. Um, it's just short style. Like, you know, he'll, he's, says you know uh glad you liked it and uh or you know try this one out or blah 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 you know um I, he probably tried not even him uh, <laughs> <laughs> some 16 um, year old girl yeah some 16 year old girl with big luscious tits um <laughs> what i don't know from 2013 on netflix instant i watched the unbelievers uh directed by gus hall Werder. 
Uh, and uh, this is a documentary uh, that stars uh, Ian Hirsi Ali and Richard Dawkins. And they go around, um, I guess, the United States and other places and um, debate religion. Mm -hmm. They are atheists. And it's got a lot of talking heads, Woody Allen and uh, some you know comedians and stuff like that. It's very good. It's only like about an hour and ten minutes. But uh, it's thought-provoking. What, what was the name of that one? The Unbelievers. Uh, it's a new. It's a new one on Netflix. They just put up. Um, I'm on it. Dig it. Uh, next thing I watched was now. This one's a good one. This is a new one. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's last movie, I believe. It's called God's Pocket, uh, directed by John Slattery. Now this is on iTunes. Uh, it stars Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, John Turturro, and Christina Hendricks, and it's very good. I was surprised. I didn't know what to expect. I hadn't heard anything about it. Um, nice little movie. I really liked it. And that's another one. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, it's it'll probably be on Netflix or Amazon, but I actually paid for it. Yay. <laughs> Uh, what's the movie called Draft Day from 2014 uh, by uh, Ivan Reitman, starring Kevin Costner and Jennifer mm -hmm. Garner? Now, Elsa has Dennis Leary in it. Uh, I will say this about this movie. If you have seen Moneyball with Brad Pitt, mm -hmm. uh, watch it again. Uh, <laughs> and if you have seen sports movies with Kevin Costner, watch them. <laughs> and then just don't even worry about this one. Uh, I did not like. Um, they could have done the whole movie without Jennifer Garner. They could have done the whole movie with Brad Pitt and made it baseball instead of football. There you go. That's about all you need to say about it. It's not bad, <laughs> but it's very milk toast. Yeah. And you know, Kevin Costner. He uh, he likes sports movies, and and uh, it's pretty by the numbers. Uh, I like thing, Kevin Costner in sports movies. <laughs> You know, some of them are good, and you know, this is just some of them are draft day. A draft day, uh, 2014. Uh, this movie stars Brendan Fletcher, uh, Loshlin Monroe, and Mike Dopud. <laughs> okay, yeah. and this movie is directed by and written by and produced by a guy named Dr. Uwe Bull. And it is called Rampage Capital Punishment from 2014. Now, okay. Is this a sequel? I, I feel like he this did a Rampage is, movie. But I put okay. it in the IMDb fucking backwards because I watched the first one too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, anyway, um, you know, we did um, Blood Rain Third Reich. Yeah. Which I was entertained by, even though yeah. it's you know, what it was. Um Far Cry and some of those movies that he did that well, well even uh, what's the ones that uh, he did with Dolph? Uh, oh God, did we do that one? Uh, the uh, yeah, the that fantasy one with Dolph. Yeah, I can't remember what it's in the called. name of the King. Name of the King, which has a bunch of sequels. Okay, you watch all those, which we've watched. You know, a lot of us have watched some of those. When you're watching these movies that I watched this week, you're seeing the progression of Uwe Boll getting better okay. as a director. This is good. Uh, especially Now, you don't need to watch Rampage. Rampage is good, but it's more of a, um, you know, just a, a movie about like a guy going postal. Mm -hmm. This one has a lot more of a political statement. 
and it's the same guy. And um, I'm not saying it's fucking gone or not gone with the wind. Schindler's List. Schindler's List, <laughs> but it's good and it makes some good points. And I, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I rented it on uh, Amazon, which is funny because I'm pretty sure that either Rampage or Rampage Capital Punishment was on Netflix for free forever. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I decided to watch them, they're not. <laughs> so anyway, um, and I liked, uh, you know, um, Amazon's little uh, player and everything. You know, it's not bad. I've watched a, a few movies on there and uh, also on that Voodoo you yeah. that I when I buy a DVD I've been getting the digital ones with digital downloads. Okay, then I watched Rampage 2009. I actually watched it first. I watched them in order, uh, so we don't need to talk about that. It's uh, a little bit uh, of a lesser budget, but the one plus to that one is it's got Michael Pere in it. Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't know he was in it, and I was like, wow, he just showed up and he was good. Um, I watched from 2014, directed by Lenny. Abramson uh, as Leonard Abramson, uh, written by John Ronson. Uh, this is Frank from 2014, starring I Michael. I still need Fassman to watch this. And Maggie Gyllenhaal, you will like it. It's now an iTunes like editor's pick too. Yeah, that's why I watched it on there. Um, it's a good movie. That's all I want to say. It's okay. it's very. Uh, um, I don't know. You'll like it. Uh, let's see. Uh, from 2013, I watched this one because it was a 99-cent rental this week on iTunes. And it's Joe from 2013 by David Gordon Green, uh, directed by – or not directed by, starring Nicholas Cage. Oh, I didn't know David Gordon Green did that. Yeah, and uh, cool. it stars the guy – the kid from um, Mud, Ty Sheridan. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is very good. I liked it. Uh, it is um, – a dark movie, but it has some uh, good stuff. Does it have it. hillbillies in it? It's got some rednecks in it. I don't know if they're hillbillies because I think it might be a little, it might be hillbillies. I never saw where I didn't look where they <laughs> too far really. south. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. But um, you see Nicholas Cage just thrusting naked ass. Yay! Uh, still pretty proud of his physique. I'm pretty sure because he doesn't care about showing. And that's it. Um, I had a pretty good week. Even the Uwe Boll movies, uh, like I said, they're, I, I'm ready to see him do some more stuff. Nice. Um, so there's, a, there's some of these lists sometimes um, that you'll see, like the, the psychotronic Netflix or whatever, like new uh, genre movies on Netflix, that kind of thing. So I was, I was skimming through that the one for um, September and saw the... 19, late seventies invasion of the body snatchers got added. Oh, yeah. um, I'd never seen the only invasion of the body snatchers I ever I ever saw was the nineties one on VHS. I used to I used to work at a subway right next door to a video store when I was a teenager, and the manager of the video store would give us free movies if we gave her cookies. So <laughs> we would nice. make cookies all the time and get free movies. And Invasion of the Body Snatchers was one of those. But I'd never seen the 50s one or the 70s one. So the 50s one is also on Netflix. So I watched that one. I'll have to, I'll have to do the 70s one also. But I didn't want to do them both in the same day. But this is the one uh, with uh, uh, Kevin what's it, Kevin McCarthy. Wasn't he in uh, um, Caddyshack? Was that that guy? 
I think so. Yes. He, yes. He was the. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I knew the gist of the story, obviously, but this it was really good. Um, the uh, very well done horror sci-fi type thing. Lots of gross special effects to be um, a fifties, you know, and the pods look pretty cool. The big leaves. Um, the only, you know, the only clip I'd ever seen of this movie was in gremlins when they're watching it and the pods are bursting open, uh, on the, on the kids t- TV. So I think the only one I ever saw, I saw the one with Donald Sutherland. Yeah. That's, that's uh, the 78 the one. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. And it was creepy. It was creepy. Oh, you know, yeah. Just, see, they don't do any of that in this one. The people are very aw. normal in this one. So, um, and let's see. I watched. Uh, I, can't, I think this was on Netflix. Uh, Good, Good Morning Vietnam, oh. which really got me in a. I had seen this one before. Um, Barry Levinson directed. Robin Williams, Forrest Whitaker playing a nerd. Um, it, the. Um, it got me in a it got me in a Vietnam movie mood. I'd, I'd ended up only watching one more, but the um, I'd seen this one when I was younger. Uh, it used to come on. We had Showtime and Cinemax when I was right when we first got cable. So um, I watched this one quite a few times, so. but I hadn't seen it in years. So it's still I like a good movie. When, uh, when Robin Williams killed himself, uh, you know Gene Simmons came out and said that. Uh, you know, when he sees somebody like standing on a top of a building or on a bridge, he's like, jump, jump, you know, because if you're going to do it, just get it over with and quit wasting people's time and all this. And that. Well, then when they had this huge backlash against him or yeah. was it not Kevin Sorbo, but whoever else was that, you know, said shit like that. Um, he came out and he said um, that was a quote from. You know, before Robin Williams even that I said before Robin Williams even killed himself. You know, so everybody that's getting upset about you know me saying this about Robin Williams, and it's like, dude, do you not? Under, I, okay, even if some, even if you said it a year ago, uh, and somebody posted that, making it look like you said it about Robin Williams, and then you come out and say, well, wait a minute, I said that like a year ago. Okay, maybe you weren't saying about Robin Williams right when it happened to Robin Williams, right? But your view still sucks, <laughs> you know. I, I, I'm, ugh, I hate Gene Simmons. He's so like, so, he's so shisty. Yeah, yeah, yuck. Um, let's see. I watched um, the uh, the other Ringo Lamb on Fire movie, okay. uh, School on Fire, or Hak Hao Fung Wan. Uh, this movie is pretty fucking bleak. It's um, this. These couple girls get tied up inadvertently in triad affairs. Um, two of the students in their class are kind of like uh, low rung members, like just starting out. And um, but she starts dating a triad member, and they get in a fight over her. And then like the boss gets pissed that the girls making her guys fight, and um, it's just it's like no matter where any of these people turn, it's something shitty to deal with. And there's it's a very uh, uh, lots of big knives in this movie. Um, they don't. They don't usually use pistols in these Hong Kong movies. So yeah, they, I love they, that. They, they just pull these big fucking. They're not swords, but they're almost like yeah, things, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, only the cops have firearms in this, and there's really, really. I mean, a lot of the cops are kind of side. There's one guy, the main, the main investigator, that's always trying to bust this one guy named Suave. Suave is Suave. such a piece of shit. And then he's got this other little little pissant named George in the school that's a little shithead too. Um, that's Will's but it's nickname. Like, what's that? 
suave. Oh, yes. I thought um, you meant pissant. Uh, <laughs> um, this is this one's good. I liked. I, I definitely liked it better than um, the city on fire we did last week. And it's it's not really. It's more. It's really almost more of a drama, like a crime drama, instead of a action movie. Did you watch um, Infernal Affairs three? I didn't watch either two or three. Still okay. I haven't watched three because two was kind of. Didn't I like heard two fire. was just kind of meh. Because it didn't have the same guys. Well, it didn't have the Wong. same guys, and it was really convoluted. They tried to um, make things too complex or something. I, I don't know Uh-oh. how to say it, but uh, yeah, and, and didn't have the same young guys, and it was kind of like I wasn't. I don't know. They just went too far, some in a direction that I didn't like. So my new uh, my new thing it seems, is to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning, regardless of what time I actually go to bed. <laughs> so I've been keeping my iPad. Yeah, uh, 3.45 it was this morning. Um, so I've been keeping my iPad on the bed, and I'll just like start a movie on Netflix or something because I can usually fall back asleep. If I, if I just lay there and just like think about how shitty my life is, then I, I stay awake for two hours. But if, if I, if I uh, watch something, I can kind of just zone out and then fall asleep. Our podcast um, be the, the most depressed podcast <laughs> ever. So one of my 4 a.m. Uh, movies this week was The Getaway, uh, which I had never seen. So... Steve McQueen. So I started, I have, <laughs> just like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, I have seen the Alec Baldwin getaway. <laughs> oh, I was just going to make a joke when you said I saw the getaway. I was going to say, you mean the one with Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger? Well, it was probably the getaway from then. It was probably another one of those early 90s ones, I think, that I got for when I worked at Subway. I, I saw a lot of those. Like, um, the other one, um, Night of the Living Dead, that's another one. I saw the 90s version first because I got the video for free when I worked at uh, Subway. Um, this was awesome. Uh, the you're right. Allie McGraw stinks. <laughs> I, I I not. I've made my views very clear about like how I feel about guys that like hit women. Yeah, including you know with the the uh, Ray Rice thing this past few weeks. Yeah, ago. yeah. But Allie McGraw is so wooden that I would <laughs> slap her face just to see if I could get any genuine emotion out of it. It would be like hitting a cord of wood. Oh, uh, and Steve McQueen was so fucking in love with her that Robert Evans even tried to run him over. Because he was macking on my lady, Allie McGraw. Oh, she was brutal. Um, what's wrong with... Oh, let's see. What's, what's the uh, love story? Uh, uh True love is never having to say you're sorry or something. She, right. I mean, she, she's just so brutal. She had to have been okay. Now we know how powerful Robert Evans was at one time. This chick had to be sucking a Hollywood producer higher ups cock to get any work. And you saw Convoy, right? Yeah, Convoy is boring. In Convoy with that goddamn ugly fucking tight perm. Oh, she's horrible. Yeah, I'm not a fan. She not is a fan. Weird. She's she was good looking, I guess. Maybe yeah, uh, I that helps. Um, doesn't help that much. I mean, she could be the most beautiful woman in the world, and her acting is so fucking horrible that it almost it's kind of like <laughs> I can't even fuck somebody that I that had that little respect for. Well, yeah, I can. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh, history would say otherwise. Um, yes. And <laughs> Sally Struthers had huge boobs. So. Yeah. Uh, and how would you like? To, I, every time I watch that movie, I I empathize and put myself in the place of the guy that played Howard Sprague on Andy Griffith. That is oh, tied the, to the, the bed. The uh, the vet. That fucking Owlette Lettieri yeah. was such a little shithead or a big shithead. They and just, Sally Struthers, like totally just saying, "Oh, I don't want him anyway. I want your cock now." Yeah, and it's like they turned him into a cuckold, and he's just. Oh my god! That was so brutal. I would just. Ah. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, Al, Al Lettieri was uh, he, he was, was entertaining awesome. too, and the yeah. I like I like the, the rib fight in the car, and yeah, good movie. He didn't take um, the shit. She he was the perfect man for Sally Struthers. <laughs> uh, speaking of good movies, um, I got a uh, <clears throat> festival copy of. Uh, <laughs> Of Boyhood from 2014. Now, this movie's coming out soon on iTunes, and I recommend it for anybody. This is um, Richard Linklater's newest. Uh, Whoops. Um, It has Patricia Arquette and Ethan Hawke and some kid actors. Now, um, this movie... The the, the synopsis is The Life of a Young Man, Mason, from age 5 to age 18. Um... What's really neat about it is every single actor that's in it. The, he's like Richard Linklater started filming this movie in like 2001. Ah, uh, so you see, so the and you see the everybody's the same. Yes, e- including Patricia Arquette getting fat and Ethan Hawke looking older. And uh, but um, it has Mason and his sister. You know, both of them very awkward when they're young and they. Even if they're not even still actors anymore, like I couldn't the the whole the idea of him like the the scope of this to ensure because if like what if Patricia Arquette died in a car accident? Yeah, what if that's what I was just gonna say? Like his How movie would they? be ruined. Yeah. <laughs> He'd have to like totally change everything. I, I don't know. She it's, has it's, airbags. <laughs> um, this is really good. I mean, it's there's the the plot is this kid growing up and like uh, Ethan Hawke is is um, the you know he's the absentee dad that comes in every once in a while and like uh, gives the kids advice and does something fun with them and Patricia Arquette is the single mom and but it's 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 really good it's it's well acted I mean for the most part you know the the kids are are kid actors for the most part but I, I really liked it. Was that that you saw that? <laughs> Um, you know that the 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 local um, the, the yeah, um, but uh, it, it's gonna it'll be out soon on uh, on digital. Um, it's playing at theaters all around here. So oh, it's it's two hours and forty five minutes though. So be ready for that if you do go to the theater. Did you cry? Um, no, I didn't. But it's it it came on a day. I watched it on a day where I got some. Something I was expecting, but still, you know, yeah, yeah. So it's it, it hit home a little more, yeah. So, yeah, it's good. It makes you think a lot. So, um, one that didn't make me think as much, Hamburger Hill from 1987. Um, Don't mean nothing. A, a very realistic interpretation of one of the bloodiest battles of the Vietnam War. Yeah. This movie was just kind of meh. Um, Everybody in this company was hunky and had six pack abs. Yeah. The I 
It was tried something. That's for to, sure. Yeah, it was. It did. It, it, it. I tried very hard to always to watch this movie a lot when it came out on Showtime when I was a kid or Cinemax, whichever one it was on. And my mom refused to let me watch it. And I would sneak and like watch parts. I've probably seen at least the second half of this movie like fifteen times. Um, so I can remember like all of the stuff with them going to the brothels and stuff is a little fuzzy. As soon as they go on the march towards the hill, I can almost re- I can almost recite it. And it, it it had probably been twenty years since I'd seen this last because I had seen the battle scene so many damn times in this. Um, now I don't know. I mean if my mom saw it and that's why if she just heard the language and that's why, or my dad was actually in Vietnam and maybe that's why, I don't know. But this is one she always was nervous about having me watch slogging up a hill covered in mud. Yeah. Getting pushed back down, slogging back up a hill, pushed back down trees, getting blown to pieces. Just now granted I was about 11 or 12 when this came on TV. So (laughs) that might be another reason. (laughs) Um, let's see. Uh, I put on a random Netflix. I watched Adventures in Babysitting. This is another one I was obsessed with when I was 12. But this is one I was allowed to watch. Shoe. Um, Elizabeth Shoe And uh, some other people. <laughs> uh, Vincent including D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio with the worst blonde wig. <laughs> That's that might Thor. be his best role. Oh, my God. Um, I think he was... Was it right before? It was the same year as um, where he played uh, the fat guy in the, Full in the other Jacket. Vietnam movie. What? Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. was it, it, That was 87 too, right? Yeah. So did he get fat or did he get skinny he for this movie? He put on a shitload of weight for Full Metal Jacket. And then, okay. Yeah. And um, then when he got older, he put that weight back on. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to go, trying to roll back to, to Full Metal yeah. Jacket. As we um, are. Adventures of Babysitting is not a great movie, but it will always have a nostalgic place for me, so hey, it's fine. Um, I watched uh, Godzilla vs. Gigan, or Chikyu Kokegi Mire Gojira Tai Gigan. Uh, 1972, and Gigan is the monster with the beak and the one eye and the saw blade in his chest. And um, for some reason, they throw uh, Ghidorah in here, too. <laughs> uh, and Anguirus, who is on Godzilla's side. Anguirus is the one from the second Godzilla movie that looks like the Ankylosaur uh, with the spike back. And he's pretty worthless in this movie. Godzilla does all the fighting. And um, Gigan was kind of a neat idea, but... Not having any like breath weapon or anything, he's pretty shitty. Like he can fly like a jet, but he gets knocked down every time. And he doesn't have hands, so he can't pick anything up. He just has two hooks. <laughs> and so, if anybody uh, wants to ever uh, criticize the you know, like, well, the new Godzilla movie, for instance, with the plot, yeah. this is a plot where it's an it's an illustrator who gets a job at a. Um, uh, an amusement park being built for to celebrate Godzilla, and um, he realizes there's something amiss, and he teams up with a girl whose brother is missing and a hippie to th- overthrow these two people. Who one is a boy genius who is uh, they work in a giant Godzilla tower. I mean, <laughs> for real. And Godzilla's on screen for all of like 15 minutes. So, Let's but it's stop. good if you like Godzilla movies. 
Um, and then the only th- only other thing I watched last night, Command Performance with Dolph. He, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, I don't know what it's like. Oops. Die Hard, but with a bad tribal tattoo and flashbacks. And it was boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I don't understand why I had to be in Russia because Dolph plays a guy named Joe who's obviously not Russian. Well, because they make him cheap over there and let him work. Well, I know, but like, why couldn't they just be, why could it just be the American president? Film it in Russia. Nobody was Russian in the fucking movie. And they movie could have got Harrison Ford and he could have been, stay away from my family. <laughs> um, skip it. It's fine, but not, you know, it's forgettable. If it didn't have Dolph, it'd be like a two. I had a, I, when I saw the trailer for this when it was first coming out, I thought, oh, this is going to be, if they have fun with it, it should be pretty good. But I never finished it. I started watching yeah. and I was like, this is really just meh. Oh, well, I probably won't watch it again. Um, that's all I watched. So, ended, ended the week on a, on a sigh of a fart. A silent so. fart. Uh, so, why don't we take a break and come back and do a wet fart. The Boost, 1988. <laughs> we'll be right back. Giggity. GGTMC. Live. For you, fresh air. Big Willie and the Samurai are at your service, breaking films down and turning them around. Yeah. Giving recommendations that are always on point. Visit ggtmc.com. Wait, do they recommend Command Performance? The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, bringing class to the trash since 1977. Somebody, somebody put something in my drink. The Boost. Oh, that was uh, Hank's choice for song this week. I told everybody I would start uh, calling out the people who are making the making the making the picks again. So I've been lazy about it. Got it this week. Thank you, Hank. Uh, the Boost, 1988. Um, he was probably singing. Actually, Johnny Ramone put something in my drink and stole it. <laughs> I can uh, I can take the lead on this if you want to synopsize it. Well, okay. How about let's do that because we didn't um, we didn't decide. decide, but we decided now because. Um, this was. Uh, I want. I want to beforehand okay. say that this synopsis was written by Umberto Amador. So if it sucks, it's because blame of Umberto Amador. Yes. 
Lenny Brown moves to California to find his fortune in tax shelter investments. When the federal government changes the tax laws, poor Lenny finds himself $700,000 in hock with nowhere to turn. And I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not, he just, you know, it's a little bit more. So, right now. <laughs> well, now, two things. Let me ask this first. Did you do uh, any James Woods research? I watched just a couple of clips uh, on YouTube. Uh, one of them wasn't that bad, and then one of them was just stupid. He's just kind of, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, I think uh, Ben Mankiewicz and Jimmy Dore, they were talking about uh, him being uh, like a Mensa. You know, he supposedly mm-hmm. has this high IQ, and then they pointed out that just because you have a high IQ doesn't it doesn't mean anything and that you can still be a fucking moron. So <laughs> So um now I didn't really I had never heard of this movie when uh when your sister recommended it. Um but it had drugs mm-hmm. which can make for certainly uh interesting subject matter and it had James Woods who I you we we've all seen, you know, with uh um, Videodrome. He can be a sweaty, nervous, just mm-hmm. obsessed mess. So he can be I was very good too. Yeah, I mean, as yeah. an actor, he can be very good. I was excited to see this. Now, what we got? Well, it it, it almost it, it it started to feel like a lifetime original. <laughs> um, yeah. It, so you have Lenny. Lenny is. I guess he's he's not total. Well, maybe he is. I didn't. I don't. When it, when you talk about economic shit, it's over my head entirely. He might have been a scam artist. I had the feeling he was, but maybe not um, at first. Maybe he could have been. He was just kind of trying to play the system, but be honest with the people he was working with. I don't know. Um, but I, w- I kept waiting for the turn. So he plays he especially at the beginning when he has the guy over for dinner. I was like, "Holy shit, they're just gonna like fuck this guy up and steal his money and just yeah. like, you know." But it you know it kind of doesn't happen. So he he does some sort of investments on or helping people with investments on certain inheritances and stuff. And like, I don't know if he's stealing money from them or what. I was a little confused about what he exactly did to make money. Um, his wife. Sean Young, who, as I said last week, was from Blade Runner, he, uh, she is a dancer. I guess she gets money for that. Somehow they managed to live in New York City in an apartment with no income. I've never understood how that works. <laughs> um, but he... She was um, Robert Evans. She was, yeah, her and Allie McGraw were taking turns. The... So he, uh, you know, he goes around. He, he he'll hear something like he, he this, the guy you see him with works at a financial journal, and uh, Lenny hears incorrectly that this guy has you know a rich dad who's just left him money or something, and he was going to help them help him invest it somehow differently to make money and blah blah blah. Anyway, um, but yeah, and, and I said maybe it's just James Woods' acting style, but the character to me felt real shiesty. And it, 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 they take that somewhere eventually just because of what he gets into in California feels pretty shady. But with the, with the, the 
part in New York. I never, I never could figure out if he was an actual con artist or not. Do you have any idea? I f- seemed to me like he was. I felt the same way. I thought for sure they were going to fleece this the the guy at the beginning. Uh, yeah. Because first of all, it just happened way too. I mean, I can see where someone would. Um, you know he how he approaches the guy, but he didn't even know the guy, and he's like, "Let me let me at least just let me let you take take you to dinner, uh, and we'll talk." And they they just became suddenly, "Oh, well, why don't you come over and meet my wife?" Oh, you wouldn't believe right. how hot she is, and it, that really seemed shysty, like they were setting this guy up, and and um, but I know someone who was just like James Woods, uh-huh. and. Just always looking for th- for the angle, or you know, thinks they're really super smart, and uh, yeah. you know, just just give me your money, and I can turn it into a, I can turn it into thirty five seven dollars in cash. Um, so I think that they were, he was probably just working the system. Okay. Uh, but still, shysty. Yeah, he definitely was, and and I mean, he's cast well for that. Uh, James Woods, because his acting style always feels that, that way in in a way. He sleeps. Um, even the and name I think Lenny he might Brown is sleazy a, in real life. Really, <laughs> even the name Lenny Brown sounds a little sleazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's something to do with some kind of tax shit or real estate or something. But anyway, tax shelters. Yeah, I, see, I don't even know what a hell a tax shelter is. Um, I, I'd say, I'd say, if I had to guess, a tax shelter is something you're investing your money in that makes you. But it keeps your money tied up where you don't have to pay taxes on income. Right. So it's like you can dump money in. Um, and obviously that's something that James Woods probably enjoys in real life. Yeah, uh, they just dump it in the Cayman Islands now or the Netherlands or Swiss the Bank. So he, he, you know, it, he, that, that dinner with his friend when they, him and Sean Young freak out and he's screaming that I never finished high school and she's talking at the exact same time. It was a really weird scene. See that's where again where I thought I thought that scene was something weird was going to happen. I thought they were going to bust out the crack pipe or something, but nope. They just confused the guy and he yeah, goes Yeah, that's home. them pre-crack. Yeah. They should so, not do any drugs that, that even okay, this was before <laughs> they started doing drugs and he was yeah. already insecure, paranoid, uh, and a douche. <laughs> and a douche. Um, so he goes to this one interview um Again, it's a real estate something or other. Uh, they don't really like him. Like he's not the right guy for the job. Maybe he's too shysty. Who knows? But he, one of the guys on the board interviewing him, likes something about him. He's like, "Listen, I got something for you in California, and why don't we? Why don't you move out there? Uh, I think you'd be good for you know selling my shit." That felt way too easy. Um, yeah, and it's and then he Stephen goes home and Hill. says. We're going to be rich, baby. And they just pack up their shit and leave all their friends and everything in New York and move out to L.A. without got a even... Mercedes-Benz and Alicia. <laughs> yeah. A very nice was, apartment. That has who a was that guy? Pole. He was on Law & Order. He played the DA in the first couple of seasons. Uh, Arthur Hill. I think Stephen he, Stephen Hill. Stephen Hill, yeah. Arthur Hill's a director, right? Eh? Bullet Stephen Hill's head. still alive. I thought he died. Well, IMDb says he's still alive. Well, good for him. Uh, good for him. John Capelos is still alive too, and he played the janitor in The Breakfast Club. 
a couple years before this. Yes. <laughs> and he generally plays other other than the Breakfast Club, which he kind of played a cool guy, the jan- the cool janitor guy. He uh-huh. plays the same character in everything. <laughs> yes. Like he always has the skullet and yeah. a bad suit. <laughs> <laughs> that poor dude probably lost his hair when he was 25. Oh, he he was uh oh my god. Now, let's go a little bit GGTMC here. I know, you know, we're we're going along here whatever, but uh the fucking clothing in this. Was <laughs> you know what? Brizoodle. My Fuck next my very almost very next note is the fashion in this is atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. The <gasps> every suit. Now, Sean Young's stuff was okay, not terrible. No, um, but, but even the jeans, the blue jeans, yeah, god awful mom high waisted jeans, straight leg high waisted big hip jeans, where you make sure he, even though she's as skinny as she is, makes her hips look like they they're coming out. But James Woods was wearing the same kind of jeans. He had the he had the dad jeans too. <laughs> The suits in this were fucking hideous. They all looked like they were made out of like uh, somebody's uh, curtains from the 70s. couch upholstery. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> there was this one dude I laughed at every time. He, the, the blonde guy, who he had these giant round glasses and oh, a yeah. fucking stringy ponytail outside of his suit, like Paul. Everybody Heyman. looked sleazy back then. Everybody looked like a <laughs> douche, and everybody was trying to pull off like the Miami Vice thing. The one guy goes, "Hey, uh, you know something about." Not wearing socks or something, they make a reference to that, and he goes, Oh, look at me. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, and he has his fucking penny loafers with no socks. no socks. That was, that was, uh, that was the janitor. That was yeah. <laughs> Joel. And his fucking wife or girlfriend or whatever, she was playing the quintessential, uh, I'm bitch. so above you. Uh, yeah, cunt, bitch, asshole. What was her name? Was it Barbara? No. She was, was in some. Uh, she was in Playboy. I looked her up. Yeah. I knew she had to be something like that. And Sean Young shows the goods in this too. So yeah, there you yeah, go. yeah. Rochelle, that was her name in the movie. Rochelle. Ugh. Um. <laughs> yeah, Sean Young does a little swimming pool. Uh, you know, peak peaky titty kind of thing. Peaky and, floaty titty thing. Yeah, jumps up on the edge of the pool for two seconds and jumps back in, so you can see the back of her butt. <laughs> not the front of she's the She's not like super, I mean, you know, she's she's attractive in her way. She kind of has a uh, a teethy smile, but she does have uh pointy spock ears that she tries to cover up. But she, I will say this, this this was our I think second Sean Young. Can you remember the other one? No. Stripes. Holy shit. Carol <laughs> Ramis's uh, girlfriend. Uh. So, you know. That's funny. Um, she, um, for me, she's not a, a woman I look at and think hot. She's, like, yeah. classically attractive. Yeah. Uh, there's, there, she's, but, you know. Very slim. I, very, uh, probably tall. When she was doing, like, the ballet and stuff, I mean, she, she is graceful. I mean, she looked like she had probably danced before or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But she's just kind of tall and slender. So curves. when when they get to um, L.A., uh, Max is the guy he has got the job from in, while in New York. Um, he just runs a little office, and really all he does is go around. He buys uh, parcels of land and sells them to rich people just to, I guess, to invest in for shopping centers and stuff yeah. like that. So they they can't be taxed on it. 
Um, and then somehow, I guess they get money back from that too, or he gets commission on. I don't know exactly how it works, but anyway, um, Max is Max. At first, I felt I, with Max, I thought that he was the extra shady, but Max was playing in the rules. It seemed like and had a level head, which you later see. He wasn't just like going nuts. Um, unlike James Woods, <laughs> who just starts vomiting money. I mean, this dude buys a fucking plane. He buys a broken up club <laughs> in Mexico. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, dun, 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 the tax laws change. La, 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 um, la. Something tells me in the Reagan era, uh, probably the tax laws did not change. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, they did a little... for a moment, and then they got yeah. back on track, and now <laughs> nobody pays. If you're in the 1%, you just hide all your money and don't pay shit. Yeah, yeah. And complain about your tax rate, even though you're paying nothing. And of course, Sean Young is nervous. Like, I don't know if she, we should be spending all this money. And ugh. Um, so, and and James Woods is uber manic, even before he's even doing drugs. <laughs> I just need, I just need to get back on top. Just take a second. It's like God. So as soon as the Congress closes, or at least there's word that they're going to close these tax shelter loopholes, invest there, all their investors start backing out, and um, I don't know how that. That leads to him. I guess, I guess he's not getting new money coming in at that point, and yeah, has debt that he's paying off as he goes. But um, that happened to me on a smaller, much smaller scale. You're like I mean, James I didn't have any Woods. investors, but I lost my job and had, I couldn't pay off all my Godzilla toys. So, and you're a giant <laughs> Republican. Oh right. Um, so, teabagger. Oh, I mean, I think Woods so, is more of a teabagger. I'll tell you. I'll tell you where this movie. I was still kind of like, there's still we're we're about thirty minutes into the movie at this point, and there's still really no drugs. Um, so I was a little confused by that. Um, but where this movie started to lose me as as a lifetime original was when um, James Woods or Lenny is he's very he's he has to go to this party because he needs to make connections and. Sean Young's trying to talk him out of the party, and it is one of the most cringe-worthy scenes I've seen in a long time. She's like, they're they're in the lobby or the the entrance to the, the foyer to this home or whatever, and and Sean Young stops them before they go in. Like, Let's not go. Let's go home. Let's hold each other. And James Woods is like, baby, it's a lion's den out there. Oh my god! And they're playing just, this. Oh, they're playing this string music. It's fucking so corny. And then, of course, in the party, he doesn't make any investment things. He just starts snorting coke. <laughs> well, I've never done this before. That's and, kind uh, of an investment. Yeah, Joel, the <laughs> yes investment in the in the health of my septum. Um, <laughs> the Joel, the the janitor, um, his no socks friend uh, gets some. He's like, oh, this will just take the edge off. Blah blah. blah. So. Um, now, yeah, as you were saying, he's already a little manic. Now, I never thought that Coke would take the edge off because it <laughs> yeah. speeds you up. So, But then again, uh, that's just the logical thing, but they actually give hyperactive and manic people uh, like Ritalin or was it Ritalin or whatever. It's, it's actually a speed. Yeah, You would yeah. think it would speed them up even more, but it balances them. So, now, but I, I don't think wondered, that that's how it works in this movie. <laughs> and I really noticed it in this one. I always wondered how they do, how they snort coke in movies. Well, I mean, I, I remember, I can't remember what movie it was. 
where they were talking about that and they were doing like powdered sugar and it just goes down the back of your throat. Wasn't that fucking like you, I would, if I snorted powdered sugar out my nose, I would just be like, you know, like choking to death. Yeah. But I mean, it's still just powder. Sure. I mean, it's, know, it's, it's, but yeah, they do it. I mean, they, I, the, the lines disappear, and it's always yeah. been intrigued me about exactly how they or do it. Or then that. again, it could have been just James Wood snorted Coke, <laughs> <laughs> which I, it could I, have been. I bet you five dollars he's tried it. <laughs> just, just, yeah, okay. Maybe, no, I'm maybe. not taking that bet. Um, no, yeah, so when he's on Coke and this, he's like the fucking Energizer bunny. He's like, okay, we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do this, and I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna invest in helicopters and. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I love when they go home, the look on her face. They're swimming in the pool again. Oh, no, not in the pool yet. They were dancing. And James Woods, is. it's the middle of the night, and he's like still got busting with energy after the party. And uh, she's like, come on, I can hold, hardly hold my eyes open. And he's like, I have just the cure for that. And she, the look on her face, I was like, oh, she's expecting the big D. And... <laughs> He fucking gains her coke, and the look on her face is like, wah, 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 but she snorts it anyway, of course. Yeah. Um, She's like, this is better than your dick. So, Let's do so he starts. I love the scene when he's working on the old, uh, the original Mac poolside. He has it sitting on the table <laughs> about next to the pool. Um, so yeah, his boss remains level-headed, and he he starts looking rough, like getting the bags under his eyes, and you know, it, this movie really at this point just starts fucking. Uh, it, 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 it starts hitting these drug cliches. It's like an after school special. It's like it's oh like Nancy Reagan. Just say no. Wrote it. It's she. Sean Young plays like this totally forgettable. Like just I don't know. Just uh, just helpless, victimized drug addict wife. James Woods just sleeps all the time. Um, they he keep doing sleep all the time until he gets into lewds. Yeah, when he gets when he starts taking the lewds, he just lays there while she works. But for some reason, they could have saved a lot he, of money because let me tell you something: Benadryl does the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Take a couple of those, and you know, just when he fucking was doing that, I was like, hey, this reminds me of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it nighttime yet? <laughs> yeah. He get, what time is it? Fuck, is that the sun? Fuck, um, it's Wednesday. What happened to Tuesday? <laughs> uh, that's my every week, and I don't even yeah. take NyQuil. Um, <laughs> the, oh, NyQuil, man, yeah. Gets, he, you know, he gets out of the parking lot, I mean, out of the hospital after he fucking like, has a fit and totally pisses himself. That and- was awful. When he was snorted that shit and he went into his uh, seizure or whatever, yeah. it looked so stupid. <laughs> I, I mean, it looked it, it was it was awful. He just like gnarled his fingers up like he, like he was a T Rex and laid on the floor and went, you know. I said, <laughs> yeah. and honest to God, you posted something when you were watching this and you said, "Is this supposed to be a comedy?" <laughs> I felt the fucking same way. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" I laughed at that. I laughed at. I'll tell you, this was this was awful of me. I really laughed. When- <laughs> When somebody falls down the stairs. Oh my god, that was so fucking bad. <laughs> because she, this yeah. person says, um, "Oh, the beach is right over here. There's some stairs the surfers made. Oh, here they are." Blah! And it looks like they put Crusher Blackwell in a dress and had him roll down. Like it's it, it's supposed to be oh. somebody else, but I mean it's like a stunt person. I, right. I was laughing, and the the whole 
point of the scene and everything. It's not supposed to be funny at all. It's supposed to be horrible, but you're like, oh, my fucking God. It was like something out of a soap opera. Oh, my God. And where the the person falls down the steps and it's like, oh, and then dun, 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 dun. And and they keep having to downgrade their car for whatever reason. Um, I don't know. Why don't they just don't buy a fucking car and pay it off if they have drug money at some point, you know, because he keeps getting a shittier and shittier car. Uh, I don't the the, the dog the dog thing was totally pointless. Yeah. With there was um what is her name Grace Grace Zabriskie. Now she appears in both movies. Now in this one she's like crazy dog lady. I have no idea other than to delay him from getting home. Why she's even in the movie because he takes a dog to her to take care of and she apparently doesn't take it because he takes the dog home. Yeah. But um. Oh my god! It's just like she, like Sean Young, is so sappy. James Woods is—I mean, he's James Woods, but his character is just like back and forth, and like she goes, "We got to get off these fucking downers, man." And he's like, "I know," or no, maybe he says that, and she's like, "I know." How about today? <laughs> How about today? He and gets, uh, uh, fucking cocaine the first time, like it was nothing. He was like, "I need to get off this coke." And then they're like at the surf shop and he's everything's great. <laughs> it's like, you know, I think it's a little harder than that. Because if it wasn't, then, you know, yeah, probably yeah. And then the I laughed again with James Woods smoking crack with a creme brulee torch. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> now one of the old okay, now wasn't the crazy dog lady was Grace Zabriskie. Yes. I think the woman that he was smoking freebasing with was Amanda Blake and this is a big thing I just have to mention because she's a legend she played Miss Kitty on Gunsmoke for about fucking 30 years and huh. she you know hadn't been probably in anything for a long time so they used her in this it was just kind of cool it's like when uh, Tom Laughlin put uh, oh who's the fucking uh, Jesus Christ Jane Russell in yeah. uh Born Losers. All of a sudden, here's this icon from TV or movies from the 40s, and you know, it's like, wait a minute, who is that? Oh my God, that's Miss Kitty, the whore with the heart of gold. Boy, um, you can get into your notes here this. if you want. Um, I know James Woods is a good actor, okay, because I've seen him in a lot of shit. That you know, he's really good, and he does play a sleazy character. But like, say in the Onion Field, which is kind of where he was discovered. Once upon a time in America, a Casino. He's been in a lot of shit, and he's a good actor. Sean Young, I don't think is a like a legendary or a great actor. I think she thinks that she's better than what she is, but she's not horrible. So I mean, you know, as far as my sister yeah. goes, my sister hates Sean Young. <laughs> she fucking despises Sean Young. Uh, I will say that. In Blade Runner and some other things, the movie with um, Kevin Costner she was in, No Way Out, I think she's good, but um, this it's it's the material, it's yeah. the uh, the the time, it's the you know the eighties and what they're they hit ex- every every fucking cliche. drug cliche you could ever think of except somebody getting AIDS from a needle. I was now this would have been better. Okay. They when they went dark uh with some of the domestic violence. Mhm. It wasn't bad enough cuz first of all, in one scene 
<laughs> someone has a rubber uh like they're they they do the uh swollen closed eye from getting punched and it looks like they just glued this rubber thing or a potato over the person's eye and it looked really shitty it did look like something out of fucking uh another world or or some uh old soap opera from the 70s where the makeup looked so bad and just the the dialogue and everything was so cheesy and so horrible and it was the reagan era Nancy Reagan, just say no thing. So it did. It it really felt after school special kind of yeah. uh, thing, you know. Uh, James Woods portrait of a corporate cokehead, you know, or something like that. <laughs> so it was pretty crappy. Um, th- the like we said before, the clothes, some of the suits just were fucking making me cringe. Um, when he they they glossed over. Like him going to rehab and how hard it would be to go to rehab. Like I said, he says he wakes up the one day and he's like, you know what, we got to, I, we, I got to get off this coke, or, or we're gonna, we're gonna lose everything. And the next scene, he's walking on the beach or he's jogging on the beach. He's completely clean, everything's fine. So they don't show, it, it, and that's the Nancy Reagan. Just say no. Like yep, if you're really hooked on cocaine, and you've been doing it like and you you have a, a mental and physical addiction to it, all you have to do is just say no, and the next thing you know, you'll be running on the beach and working in a surf shop. And the one guy's like, um, oh, yeah, I forgot. You don't do anything. You're the guy who doesn't do anything. You're clean. And the the guy that sold the lewds was pretty douchey. He would just show up at their door, hey, man, I got those lewds for you, man. They're, 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 the, they're the good stuff. They're the real stuff. Um, and, of course, he makes it. All he has to do is sell a script. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and then tells James Woods, hey, before you go to this meeting, do some lewds, man. It's, it, they'll make you better. He should have done the lewds because the coke sure as hell didn't uh, work. Uh, he did the lewds and the coke. Oh, he did both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he probably did the lewds and he was falling asleep at the table, so he had to go do some coke to you know, get yeah, back yeah. to where he was. But I, this would have been better if, if, they, would, if they would have taken this movie – and before they made it, watched uh, Requiem for a Dream <laughs> and added some more stuff like that because I was waiting for Sean Young to sell herself, which would have been awesome, <laughs> and do the ass to ass dildo thing from uh, with Grace Zabriskie. <laughs> ass to <laughs> ass, ass to ass. Um, but that doesn't happen. You, uh, uh, you see James Woods, he gets jealous a few times. Uh, he continually tells total strangers before they even meet his wife, girlfriend slash wife or whatever uh, that she's so beautiful you won't believe it. A schlub like me, how could I get somebody like her? When you see her, you're gonna you're gonna be like, oh my god, how did you get her? How do you hang on to her? Da da da. da. And then when they meet her, they're like, you would think that uh, Marilyn Monroe was standing there. You know, they're like, <laughs> oh my god, you're right. She is so beautiful. How did you get her? I'm telling that there was a guy that I was friends with. I won't mention any names. Um, he was exactly like this James Woods character. He, I went to college with him, went to high school with him, and he was completely the guy that that thought he was that life was a scam, and if he could just get in with the right people, he'd show him how smart he was, and he would become rich. And his dream was to be um, Charlie Sheen and fucking. Uh, Wall Street, 
and to have a Mercedes and dress like Don Johnson and have all this stuff. And it's just a scam. You just have to meet the right people. You know, it's just sickening. So when I was watching this, I was thinking about this guy who I who I know, and he was the exact same way with women. Everything did the drugs. Did if if they would have if Don Johnson on Miami Vice or if Charlie Sheen in Wall Street would have uh, took a turd out of the toilet and just rubbed it all over his face and then became rich and famous, he would have went and got a turd. So anyway, <laughs> this movie is it's a I'm not. It's kind of a, it's a time capsule. So in yeah. some ways, it's good that way, and you can laugh at it because there is some cringeworthy shit in it that's bad. I, I would laughed a lot at the second half of this movie. <laughs> but the one thing that surprised me was when I started watching it, I started thinking, having kind of like a flashback memory of like uh, Siskel and Ebert or something like that, and it being raided a giant fucking turd and how horrible it was and everything. But when I looked it up Ebert's review of this, Roger Four stars. Ebert, he thought it was fucking great. Now, <laughs> Leonard Moulton said it was a total turd, and I think it made it, it cost like eight million dollars to make and it made seven hundred thousand. So it didn't do well. And uh I think Roger Ebert uh there was something uh, some something going on there. I don't know what. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I saw that on the fucking poster. Four stars, Roger Ebert. Another yeah. thing, another thing, judging a book by its cover, James Woods, drug movie, Roger Ebert says four stars. I'm like, okay, this should be pretty good. And I don't know what the fuck uh, Roger Ebert was snorting that week. <laughs> <laughs> he was hanging out with Russ Myers that weekend. <laughs> Jesus. Ushi DeGard's tits. Um, let's rate it. Um, I, okay, this movie is certainly not for everyone, but if you can find humor in, you know, Oops. Lifetime original movies, yeah, this one has a little, it's, it's like an edgy Lifetime original. For that, I'm going to give it a straight five because it's really like a two yeah. with seven and a half or eight laughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I still, even though I, to, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, yeah. and I, I know your, your rationale, I'm not going to disagree with it. I read it too. You give it? To- <laughs> yeah. I will give it's, it. It's, it's, it's a really, it's, it's a terrible movie, but I didn't mind watching it because I laughed afterwards. If I went, if I, if I, if I was expecting, or I was, I was expecting, if I was disappointed that it wasn't like a, a sleazy or gritty or whatever druggy type movie, uh, then I would would have just given it a two. But at least I laughed at how shitty some of the stuff was, so it made that part of it entertaining. Uh, at least. <laughs> so a five, I guess. Maybe a four point seven five. I don't. I don't feel like go. making it to completely average. Okay, uh, let's take a break and come back and do another. Uh, <laughs> Completely opposite end of the spectrum, I'd say. Uh, Drugstore Cowboy. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Scott of Married with Clickers. Tune in to hear my wife Kat and me discuss all sorts of movies. We'll cover everything from The Lost Weekend to Weekend at Bernie's. From The Big Sleep to Big Mama's House. Well, maybe not Big Mama's House. And the great thing about Kat is that she's not afraid to speak her mind. And would you be surprised to hear he was nominated for Best Actor that year? For that film? For that film. 
<laughs> but don't take my word for it. Just listen to what the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema has to say about our show. Oh, it's a husband and wife show, and they discuss movies and stuff. Yeah, a very wife-husband show. High praise indeed. So come find us at marriedwithclickers.libsyn.com. It will save your life. Or maybe just help you kill an hour. Drugstore Cowboy. I was looking at Sean Young's name. I almost said Sean Young. Uh, 1989. Um, thank you, uh, Jason, for that song. I, uh, that's a good headphone album. Um, <clears throat> this is directed by Gus Van Sant. Um, a realistic road movie about a drug addict, his quote-unquote family, and their inevitable decline into crime. Um, this is based on a novel by James Fogel, who apparently this uh, Matt Dillon character is. Um, he, I think it's supposed to be a, at least a, some sort of autobiographical novel. Um, yes, starring Matt Dillon and Kelly Lynch, who was somehow even worse in this than she was in Roadhouse. <laughs> oh, and, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. And uh, James Remar with spaces between every tooth <laughs> and Heather Graham with a big space between her big jiggly boobies. Uh, Zom. Yes. What'd you think of old Drugstore Cowboy there? Well, now, okay. I have seen Drugstore Cowboy many times. Um, I... This was different than uh, The Boost. It was, it was uh, just a little bit, a little bit better, um, <laughs> a little bit more realistic. I guess uh, James Fogel, who wrote this book, uh, was actually in prison when the movie came out, and uh, they got a uh, special permission from the warden to show the movie. And uh, <laughs> then he got out and uh, robbed some more uh, drug stores and went back to prison. And uh, he Yay. died, I think, uh, in the uh, late. He, like, he died in prison of cancer. Was it 2008, maybe? Yeah, something like that. Uh, but anyway, um, I like the cast. Uh, it, it, this movie... Could Matt Dillon do any wrong in the 80s? No, he was very good. And, and the one thing I liked about this movie was, um, even though 
he was intelligent about um, – I don't know if I would say – I guess you know you have to say intelligent about his craft as far as setting up distractions and things like that to rob these pharmacies, uh, being an opportunist, like if he sees like a – an open door or window, you know, going in and getting drugs and everything. But they portray him and his crew as some dumb motherfuckers. I mean, they're just kind of dumb. They're not educated. Um, They say that um, Bob, who is Matt Dillon, and Diane, who is Kelly Lynch, um, they are like high school sweethearts. They've, they've, when they, when uh, the woman at the rehab uh, at one point in the movie, uh, or halfway house rehab or whatever, uh, ask Bob, you know, how long have you been on drugs? And he says, all my life. So I think you know, he's one of these guys that probably started doing stuff when he was sniffing glue or whatever, when he right. was like 12 years old. And in this movie, he's only in his 20s probably. Yeah. And uh, him and Diane are connected at the hip. They're, they are probably grade school sweethearts, and they have drugs in common. Um, they are both hardcore. Uh, I will say this, um, for the time, you know, you would see movies about, uh, now this, this movie itself, I think takes place more maybe in the, it takes place in 71 in the seventies. Yes. I was going to say, because, um, most of the drug movies that you see are either um, from Hollywood would be heroin, heroin addiction, like uh, with Dustin Hoffman in, in uh, uh, Needle Park, or even the French Connection is heroin. Then you get into the 80s with the cocaine and all that stuff with like The Boost or or some of those movies like that. Um, this movie right now is very topical for right now because – the big thing right now is people getting addicted to pills. Yeah. And even around here, I mean, uh, I came home from work um, probably five days ago. And as soon as I went across our bridge, there were six sheriff's vehicles in front of this trailer. And they're like, one of them goes screaming across the bridge. And it's like, what's going on? You know? Um, And people are buying, they're robbing pharmacies. They are selling pills for for you know twenty thirty dollars per pill of these opioids Jesus. on the street, and then people get addicted to them through legal drug dealers known as pharmacies and Pfizer and pharmaceutical companies. They get hooked on uppers, downers, everything else in a pill, and then when they can't get the prescriptions and they have to pay. per pill on the street, they're like, well, fuck, I can't pay that. So I'll go buy a bag of heroin for five bucks a bag, you know? And you're seeing that a lot now. So when you're watching this movie, it, it really hits home to what's going on in society today. But this is the seventies and, um, the cars, the clothes and everything. I mean, they, they really make it look good. Um, I remember this being one of the first movies that I saw that showed, how uh, a parent of someone who is a drug addict, uh, I, I, I remember either watching this or my sister telling me about it, like when they would go to Bob's, Bob and Diane would go to Bob's mom's house. Yes. And 
she would open the door and not take the chain off the door. Then she would run around and lock the side door and the other door so they couldn't get in the house and hide her purse. And that's real shit because I know people like that. I have people in my family that have Ugh. done that and and stolen their grandma's, you know, silver, uh, like uh, fucking silverware and TV and all this stuff. And I know people that do that shit right now. Um, but so so I, I you know because now the guy that wrote the boost uh that was his story too and i mean you know it was just the way that they portrayed it like i said it was 80s reagan era just say no shit uh uh it was get off drugs it's uh all about uh it's uh, if you just don't do it and if you're on it get off of it and everything will be great uh, whereas this movie is a lot more gritty, you have um, this. The guy I've never seen this. Uh-huh. The guy that directed the boost also directed the Onion Field, which I've heard good things the about. The Onion Field was excellent. It's an excellent so, movie. So I don't know. Some good stuff. I don't know if it's the director's fault. It's a weird. It's it's and they take these movies take place at a t- completely. They take place about you know seventeen years apart. Right. But they are filmed almost at the exact same time. But they threw in – I think that the culture – you're seeing the culture of the 70s in this one portrayed really well. And the culture of the 80s was so phony, fake, yuppie, horrible, awful, stupid shit. Plus you're seeing the culture of this is street people as opposed to yuppie fucking rich fucks that – just want to drive a BMW, be better than everybody else, be in the 1%. And they're more addicted to being a one percenter and the idea of that because they're such narcissistic pieces of shit. Um, Whereas this one, they are uneducated street people. Um, They've gotten into this lifestyle and they are hooked on drugs. I mean, Bob's shooting up. I mean, they 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 go and rob these pharmacies and everything. And but I mean, he's intravenously shooting drugs. Um, so he's getting opioids or whatever, and and do, they're doing everything. I mean, they're doing everything. Anything they get. I mean, it's funny when they when you see them talk about the drugs that they get, and they're like, ah, oh, this is shit. This is nothing. <laughs> this is garbage. And um, so you get a lot of um, realism in this that I think that it was sort of there in the boost, but I think that they were trying to make such an anti-drug movie in that that um, you didn't – you just didn't see – in this one – I hate to say this because I don't think it glamorized doing drugs at all. The way they lived and everything, it wasn't glamorized, but I felt like it was more real. It was, and it wasn't It wasn't going out of its way to uh, to make a statement on drugs either. Right. And that's, that's, what, that's what helps it. All it's doing is realistically portraying the life that these people are leading. Right. And it's not. It doesn't feel like it judges these people at all outside of just showing that it's kind of shitty how they're living their life. But we're not 
the, the their words and their actions are their own, not the directors or the writers. They're, you know, I mean, like it's it's when when you see something horrible happen to them, that's just what they're they're doing. And I mean, if you see what is going on as a positive, then there's probably something wrong with you. Yeah. And and uh, they they uh, like William S. Burroughs is in this, and he, I've seen several movies where they'll throw. It's like uh, in Basketball Diaries. Um, what's his name uh, that actually wrote Basketball Diaries? Uh, oh, um, James. Um, shit, I can't remember. But anyway, like he makes an appearance in that movie as a guy that Leonardo DiCaprio's a, character what is, comes. What upon. is his name? He did he did music too, right? Jim, Jim Carroll. Uh, Jim, Jim Carroll. Carroll, yeah, Jim Carroll. Well, William S. Burroughs kind of has that kind of a scene in this. He plays uh, Tom the priest, who is an actual ordained priest or preacher who is a heroin addict and a drug addict. But like uh, Matt Dillon and, and Burroughs was with the Beat guy, the you know um, all the Beat generation and everything, famous uh, writer, and he did it all. He was a you know he did wrote Naked Lunch. He's he was a, a heroin addict, drug addict, did LSD and everything else. So you kind of had him as the old sage. And but the way that they portrayed him and the way that Jim Carroll was portrayed in Basketball Diaries was you know, here's the young guy and he goes and he meets a guy that's maybe in his 60s or 70s that's a lifetime addict and the guy kind of gives him the um kind of like a poetic uh thing about the the life of a of a junkie right and it's not glamorizing it at all you're looking at this guy and you're thinking oh my god you know what what would it be like to to be a hardcore addict from say the time you're 12 years old and you're 63 years old and you're still chasing that fucking you know high or you know you have to have your drugs and everything and it also showed with carol in basketball diaries and with william s burroughs in this movie that you know they were not bad people i mean you have situations like i was saying about uh when bob and diane go to his mom's house and his his own mom is knows that he she can't trust him he'd steal or blind just because he need, has to have money and everything but they're still people. They're not right. uh, monsters. They're not animals. They're not somebody that you're like, let's put them in prison and lock them up forever, you know. Um, because even Bob, there's you have a redemption kind of a story, sort of. But it's not like a, it's not cookie cutter and it's pretty mundane, sugar coated. Like it's yeah, it's 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 how it would happen. And even the person that's going through it is saying, you know, you know, my life's really fucking boring now. It's really, you know. And yeah. the thing that gets me about that is um, you'll see the same people that would sit there and say, look at this fucking scumbag doing drugs. And, you know, why didn't he get off that shit? And on the same, the same person is drinking a fucking <laughs> case of beer on the weekends and getting shit-faced to escape from reality or – you know, doing or, or drinking wine or booze and, you know, slapping their kids around and when they get irritable because they haven't had a drink. So, you know, you have that. But now, um, I really like Matt Dillon in this. Yeah. Um, there are several times in this. He, he, I like the fact that he is kind of a dumb, he's smart, but he's dumb. 
<laughs> he's got he's got serious drug logic. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and all the uh, <laughs> the phobias and the uh, that which is what you're probably talking about. Yeah. Uh, no hats on the bed. No hats or... on the bed. Anything like that. Any kind of superstition. And they're like really into it. All of them are. Uh, <laughs> Heather Graham, who I don't think is any kind of a great actress, but she's perfect for this part. She's yeah. a young, very super naive girl who kind of falls in with them, and she's like a hanger, a hangers-on or a, a hang-around kind of a person. Um, still big movies and still looks great. Um, was it was it wrong of me that I was happy to see her tits jiggling around when she was faking that seizure? Well, <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, there they go. Yeah. All right. James uh, LaGrosse plays the, uh, plays Bob's muscle, which is funny because <laughs> yeah. he's just kind he's of like 5'3". Yeah, he's kind of just a dumb guy. And even he, he's he, – you would think when they say, you know, Rick's my muscle, um, that he would be the guy that would beat people up and stuff. He throws like a punch at Bob and that's like telegraphed from a mile away and Bob just – steps out of the way and he punches the wall and shit. <laughs> now, I will say this. We have to disagree on Kelly Lynch in this. I hated her in Roadhouse. I thought she was horrible as Doc. I thought her hair looked horrible. She was she had fried hair. She was uh, had a fried tan all over. She looked like Patrick Swayze in that movie. I thought <laughs> I, I hated the character. In this one, I like her because she's such a bitch. Uh, uh, see, okay, something about her really hot. gets me. <laughs> she, yeah, she she looked attractive. She looked like a different person, right? But she like she does this thing where she talks with her teeth, and she says some of the like like her line delivery is just so like like I don't oh god I wish I had some quotes of her. She's just like, just yeah. She's... So so Rick's my my old man now. Like it's just oh my god, she's terrible. Well, I thought she was just a condescending bitch to Heather Graham, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Uh, she hated her. Um, now th- this guy um, Max Perlich, he plays David in this. He's the neighbor who is kind of a. A really super douchebag. Um, He's a squirrely little dude. Squirrely little dude. And he plays the exact same character in the movie Rush with Jason Patrick and Jennifer Jason Lee and Sam Elliott, which is a <laughs> fucking awesome fucking movie. What was he in Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Uh, I'm not sure. I've seen I'm that to look this several up. times, but I can't remember. But um, I love the scene where he comes over and, again, he is an uneducated moron. Uh, there's a lot of people in this movie that remind me of people that I was in high school with Anderson. that uh, before they even had a chance, they just completely were like, okay, I'm a moron. I'm never going to be anything but a moron, so I'm just going to get high all the time. <laughs> and that's the way a lot of these people are. Um, David, the next-door neighbor, is a probably a high school dropout. Uh, so is Bob and everybody in this that's on drugs probably was. Um, and even though they are, um, uneducated and kind of dumb, uh, Matt Dillon is smart in, in some ways he's cagey and he's smart. And the one thing that I really loved is when he's selling David, wants to trade crystal meth <laughs> for something. And he's like, okay, nine times 10 is, and Matt Dillon just pauses for a second. He goes 75. Yeah, I love that. And I love what Heather Graham did and, and how Matt <laughs> Dillon 
doesn't sell it at first, but then <laughs> after- just sits across from her and stares at it. Yeah, her. that was awesome. So I love that dynamic. I thought Remar was really good in this. Yeah, I forgot he was in it. Remar is one of these guys, and I'm sure I said this when we did that other movie with him, the cool whatever. Yeah. Um, My- he once he aged, he fucking aged. Like it's like somebody like folded his face and took an iron to. <laughs> It's like he turned a corner so fast because he, he is up, unrecognizable when he's younger. He shows up in things. The one thing when I first saw this, um, and this was what, 89? This is 89. 89. When I first saw this, I thought that maybe, for some reason I just remember this, the, me thinking this, that I thought Remar was too young to play this uh, this. Uh, detective but i watched when i watched it this time i was like that was completely fine Mm -hmm. um he shows up in things now like he was in the movie red with bruce willis and uh judge (laughs) dread and uh, oh sorry Um, Uh but even in that he has such a presence and as a character actor I I every time i see him like in this or i see him in red or something like that i think God, I'd like to see him get a chance at the at, at being the main guy in something. <laughs> but then I remember Quiet Cool, and I hated that. I thought it sucked <laughs> yeah. so bad. And that was his chance after, like you know, making maybe forty eight hours. And, and well, like stuff. like the first time, the the biggest thing I could remember him from was playing Dexter's dad in Dexter. Yeah. And he looked like he really like looks so much older in that show. It's it's insane how much like how cre- how how chiseled his face got how creased his face got as he got older. Well, he was born in fifty three. He can fucking play. I was just looking at this picture on IMDb, and I was just thinking, you know, if you strapped a catfish mustache on him and some long <laughs> fucking hair, he could play fucking Charles Bronson you know, in the movie. Um, an older, you know, Bronson now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I liked his character because. Um, you know, you always have the cops against the, the the druggies and the junkies. He's he's the guy that's he knows Bob. He knows Bob's game. He knows what Bob doing, but he's just trying to catch him. He's trying to catch him in the act. He doesn't want to get him for possession. He wants to actually get him for, you know, uh, for and put him away for good. But then uh, there's the way he treats Bob in a certain situation. I kind of like that. I like that. He wasn't just this um, uh, stereotypical asshole cop, bad cop. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's that's there in certain things, and in some ways it's kind of justified. But it's not just a car, a, a cookie cutter character like that. He, there's right. more to him than that. Um, now, there's some shit in this where. Um, with the superstitions and stuff like that that I just love because the paranoia and everything. Don't and, look at the back of a mirror because you can freeze your future. <laughs> yeah, but the one scene that I really liked was, and this just shows like um, a, a junkie's – Not, I, I wouldn't say – this isn't superstition at all. I mean he – they they play they write it or play it off or ex- explain it. He tries to explain it because of something that happened. But yeah. they pick a, a motel. They said, we're going to go on the road because it's getting too hot where we live. Uh, so they go on the road, and, and like the, the synopsis says, it's, a, it's not totally a road movie. They 
once the it gets kind of the heat gets too much right around where they live and they're known and remars up their ass all the time they do go on the road and um i like how they explained how they sent their drugs ahead so yeah, they they, they wrap them up like little kids' gifts and put them in luggage and mail yeah. them to bus sta- or send them on buses to different stations to be stored in the there. Bus station. Yeah, but they this just the luck of it. They stay in a in a motel that's having a sheriff's convention. <laughs> 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 when Dylan walks out and he's like, "Oh, uh, you could just you know," he's trying to play it nonchalant. And he's like, I know that these cops, some of them have to know me and recognize me and everything. But it just causes this tension and everything. Um, This movie I have probably seen, I would say, at least ten times. It's one that I go back to every once in a while. Again, a companion piece to this. I know the uh, the boost was picked for... it would be much easier for uh, on this one if we would have picked this and, like I said, Rush with Jason Patrick, Jennifer Jason Lee, which is another really awesome drug movie. Yeah, I like that that the boost was picked because it's a totally different uh, movie, a different it's take a different on the style. Same. It's a Similar different subject time. matter. Yeah, yeah. but um, this is one that I've went back to a bunch of times. I really like it. Uh, I like the. The, uh, I would I wouldn't mind going and reading the book. I was just thinking about that too to see you know I'm right. sure it's got a lot of interesting stuff in it. But anyway, uh, one, this is this the first time you've seen this. This is the first time I'd seen this. Now I I like Sock I like to me. Let me know what you think. I like Gus Van Sant. Yeah, um, he's very good. This was his first American feature movie. I think he had done one other feature length movie before this, but this was his first American feature length movie. Um, so um. You know, he he does a really good job here of, well, like we've already said, portraying this lifestyle and not showing it as a glamorous thing, but not really overly judging the characters either. We get it as it is, and it doesn't look fun at all, and it shouldn't look fun, um, but it's not at the same time, it's not pandering, it's not saying, look at these sorry sacks of shit kind of thing either. Um because I mean, there's times when you even side on their side, even though you know they are kind of just dumb shitheads. But you know, <laughs> when the, when he when he gets all beat up by the cops and stuff, and that that prank that he played, well, not really a prank. I mean, it's kind of a serious thing to play that prank. But you know that with that, you know, you're kind of on his side with with this kind of stuff. I can see why the cops were a little bit upset about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how much. Um, how much input that uh, um, William S. Burroughs had. I know he's like uncredited additional dialogue. Maybe he ad libbed his own lines, but it felt like like a lot of the a lot of the monologue type stuff when you're hearing Matt Dillon's voice felt like a like that sort of yeah writing style. Well, even when him um, and Matt Dillon are sitting down talking, I I I imagine they just had them sit down and kind of. Free wheel. Just go with it, right? Yeah. Um, the yeah, the the all the the hex stuff was 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 pretty funny. I liked all their drug logic and the <laughs> so they, have to, um, <laughs> they have to they have to 
cover their tracks at one point, and I was very curious why they chose it to do initially the way they did. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I like that seemed like a lot of work for nothing, but um, that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, you just roll your eyes. Like, what are they doing? Um, but the it's 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 well written for not a ton of shit happening. Um, and I do, I like, I like the, how you start to see the monotony of everyday life in it. Um, you know, not that they're, not that their drug life, it's, it's different, you know, but it's not, it's nothing glamorous, but they're, you know, they're constantly having to run. They're t- constantly getting harassed. They don't make any money. Yeah. They're selling drugs, but they only sell drugs just so they can steal or buy more, um, or just so they can eat. So it's not like they're like living in the lap of luxury. They're fucking like on the road or living in a shithole, you know? Um, well, you know, it just kind of tells you, you know, uh, whether you do drugs or not, life's pretty kind of can be kind of boring. I love the I love. There's two lines of his that I really yes. Well, that's why I said my last my last note is I'm glad I've never ha- felt the need to heavily do drugs because <laughs> it would uh, I could definitely be covering up some stuff. But I get enough of a downer by waking up in the morning <laughs> or the or night. Um, I love there's two quotes of his, um, and I can leave it at that. Uh, he says, he's talking to um, a, a, a person at a clinic at one point, and he says, uh, nobody can talk a junkie out of using. You can talk to them for years, but sooner or later, they're going to get a hold of something. Maybe it's not dope. Maybe it's booze. Maybe it's glue. Maybe it's gasoline. Maybe it's a gunshot to the head, but something. Something to relieve the pressure of everyday life, like having to tie their shoes. Um, really cool line there. And, and then uh, another one where he says, most people don't know how they're going to feel from one moment to the next. But a dope fiend has a pretty good idea. All you got to do is look at the labels on the little bottles, yeah. which is a really cool fucking line, too. Um, uh, Matt Dillon is excellent. Kelly Lynch still gets on my nerves. The way she talked in this movie, re- like she talked through her teeth, and it made me wince every time. Um, and everybody else was fine. I like Remar, too. So he was I love, good. I love the, these movies where... Uh the guy's the junkie and he's got a girlfriend and it ultimately comes down to she still wants to fuck and he can't. And he yeah. gets, he's like freaks out when they, when, when the woman wants to have sex because more than likely he can't get it up anymore. Right, you right. know, He just was interested in this point at the next, you know, the next like, robbery on, or the next, fuck. the next high. Yeah. And he's cool. sitting there just grinding his teeth, sitting there fucking high. Why do you take that shit, Bob? That meth, why, you know, that crystal meth. Why do you take that shit, Bob? You know how it makes you feel. Um, and there's some really scary masks so in it. just shows too. you even when you're, when you're a junkie and your girlfriend's a junkie that they still just nag the shit out of you and make your life miserable. Yeah, you know how they are. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you rate this? Oh, I give it an eight and point... Uh, Five. 8.5. I give it an 8. It's a pretty pretty great drug movie. It's not... I'll tell you a drug movie that it has not worked for me in the past was uh, Fear and Loathing. Um, yeah. Because I felt like with that one, it was a movie where you got it more if you enjoyed the activities they were partaking in, so you thought yeah. they were funny. And this well, one... Fear you can, and loathing you, is so it's so um it's just such a visual kind yeah. of a spectacular like you always said that you hated movies um where when someone is doing drugs they have to visually 
make the screen go, you know, yeah, blurry and in and out and all that shit, which is kind of fear and loathing is a lot like that where the the what the way they do you're seeing the little, what they're seeing when they're on LSD and shit. Yeah, the little like almost like hallucination type things in this movie are pretty well done. Um I don't even know if it's hallucination as much as just for our benefit though, you know, of with the hats tumbling through the air and stuff. Um but I give it an 8. I I I really enjoyed it, so it's a a definite recommend for me. Awesome. More than the boost? Little, yeah, well, a little bit more than the boost. It was a little uh, more successful than the boost, too. <laughs> hey, you know a, that uh, Gus Van Zandt is from Louisville? That's, that's not a very Louisville name, is it? He might uh, he might uh, know Samurai. Him and uh, Victor Mature probably had dinner with the Samurai's family at some time. Yeah, he's from Louisville, but yeah, it was weird. Like his first movie was like Mala Noche or something like that. I think it was German, something or you know, I think it was. Yeah, because when there. you said something about that, I was uh, I never looked him up, and I thought, well, God, he might be like uh, a oh, fucking no, it was, foreigner. It, maybe it is American. It was filmed in Portland. I don't know if it was released in Germany first or what. I always like to uh, look at uh, the ages of actors and then mm-hmm. think, you know, because I wonder how they are. Uh, uh, Matt Dillon is almost the exact same age as me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, is there anybody like famous? Uh, that, that, uh, is there any uh, that, that uh, who, who, who's your generation of actors? Um, of actors? Yeah. Um, like I know Hen- Henry Thomas and I, the guy from E.T., the kid from E.T. are about the same age. Um, the guy, remember, do you remember the show, um, uh, uh, Growing Pains? Yeah. Uh, the, the blonde, the young, the, the youngest kid on that, we have the exact same birthday. <laughs> um, I get Matt Dillon and you get, the- <laughs> I get that guy. I think, um, uh, Fassbender and I are close to the same age. There you go. See, there's a good one. Um, let me see how you old he is. Frank. I might I might be older than Fastbender now. I'm I'm curious as this to just uh, just to hear if you watch Frank to to hear what you think about. It. Yeah, Fastbender Fa- 77. Yeah, so he was born I was born 6 months before him, so we're about the same age. Um Cool. Uh so, let's take a break and come back and do some feed sack and some quesh questions that oh, people pose to us. Questions. We got some questions. Cool. Jesus we'll be Christ. right back. Kelly Lynch was born in 59. 59. Yeah. When and was Dillon, Swayze born? Matt Dillon was born in 64. Oh, she was old. All right. We'll be right back. Hey, all you podcast listeners. Here's an update. See here. We know some of that bad brown acid has been going around, but we've got an alternative. See here. Have these headphones here. Throw them on. See here. Movies for your mind. See here. See here podcast. We discuss music-related films once a month. Find us on iTunes or at see here. That's s e e h e a r. dot podbean. dot com. Just relax. Listen. Float downstream. See here. Yesterday you were on my back just to get my time. I guess 
All right. Feed sack time. Hey, feed sack. Are you, you ready for this? Are you ready for feed sack? Um, I just lost the uh, thread for the music. Um, that was... Who picked that one? Harvard? Harvard? I don't recognize this name. You should post more, buddy. H-A-V-A-R-D. I'm sorry I've butchered your name, I'm sure. Havard? Um, cool. Gorilla Biscuits. Uh, all right. Feed sack. Let's turn down the music. Actually, I guess I could read first. These guys always making me read. Making me look dumb. I'm not prepared. I don't have the email open. What'd you say? You're not dumb. Just a little slow. You're like, uh, Bob in... <laughs> street smart, man. <laughs> You're street smart. <laughs> you know where all the good Indian places are to eat, and uh, mm. got bitched out by some old bastard Indian man. What a fuckwad that guy was. This isn't a gas to... station. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so you're coming into a 7-Eleven or something <sighs> what a jerk so steven sent this in last week um missed us recording by just a little bit but uh he said hello loaf and zom oh, yeah, i think that's us hello. um haven't sent any feedback in a while so i thought i would as your show does help me through the week uh i just thought i would let you i would tell you about a couple of the films i've watched this past week i watched death hunt the lee marvin and charles bronson film Lee Marvin as a Mountie who's pretty happy to just let stuff happen and have a quiet life that is until he's forced to act. But this shows just why he is a Mountie as he doggedly doggedly? Uh, uh, tracks Charles Bronson across the frozen north. A really good film, I thought. A few violent set pieces and really good ending as well. Uh, The other film was Snowpiercer. Yeah. I watched that again, too. (laughs) Did you? Yeah, I (laughs) didn't put it down because I watched but I did watch it again. Uh, I had to get an imported Blu-ray, but well worth it. Sorry, what did you say? I, 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 I watched talked it with right over you. A couple of friends that hadn't seen it. So, what did they think? They loved it. They thought it was really yeah. good. I mean, they could. They were. They were uh, um, really into it. They missed cool. some things, and I had to kind of go back because you know it's it's like I've seen it so many times. The little things that yeah, they yeah. Uh, kind of with the scar on uh, Curtis's arm and everything, and then how it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you because know, when you're in a group, people start talking and stuff, and they miss yeah, yeah. key things. Um, he stuff. said he had to get a, had to get an imported Blu-ray, but it was well worth it. Um, I really didn't know what to expect expect from it. All I knew was that it was set on a train, and that life wasn't really fair for the people who live at the end of the train. That doesn't really do the film justice at all. I was really impressed with it. A great film that surprised me. Some great set pieces again. Great acting from Chris Evans, Tilda Swinton, John Hurt. And from all the cast. That's all I've got. Not the best email. I just wanted to say, keep up the great show. I never know what you're going to get with Silver and Gold. Politics, farts, wrestling, and even films. Eh. Yes. Uh, it brightens my day. Cheers for the entertainment, Stephen. Cool. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Um, let's see. We've got a couple audio-style sacks here. <laughs> Sack. All right. Audio sack. Here we go. Here's a familiar voice. Hey, buddy boys. So and Gold, <clears throat> Brian here. Um, well, I just went to see The Drop with the wonderful Mike Wilden, or Wilden as I call him, because he is wild in the sack. Um, the and it was sack? wonderful. Wonderful that uh, James Hamilton can go out on top like that. It was just such a such a fucking great film, so you should punch on out and uh, see that. But uh, my question, uh, I have two questions. The first question is, 
What is your favorite fast food? Uh, burger. Well, that's probably a shitty question because talk about uh, what do you call it? That taco place. Um, taco. Bu- bu- taco. Uh, I don't know. Well, taco. Well, yes. Uh, yeah. And I remember. I remember when I first came to America. I was so excited to go to Taco Bell. Yes, to go to Taco Bell. That was one of my he heard you first joyous moments that I wanted to do when I came to America. And uh, first time, straight off the plane, went to Taco Bell, and then never went ever again. <laughs> so that was my first question. Favorite fast food? More on the burger side. I'm interested in. Uh, and then second, because it is coming up to Halloween, what is your truest, scariest film that you've seen? Uh, probably because a uh, young person, because that's when you actually scary things. But uh, that would be a fun, fun topic. So, all right, well, happy Thursday, and I love the show as always. You always bring smiles to my face. Ta-ta. The Brin. Um, listen it? to Hamacus, by the way. Yes, yes. Um, Hamacus. Uh, what is your fav- favorite fast food burger? I, I hate to say, you know, because I know it's gross. And uh, I will say that I find that Hardee's makes the, like, actual, like, they use, like, real meat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you get, like, a big, giant, thick fucking piece of beef. Uh, they take a long time to make and everything. But, I mean, you know, McDonald's is garbage food. But, you know, I can go through and grab a Big Mac or something like that, which is just, I don't know, man. It, it's, it's horrible, but it's so good. You probably don't. You, you don't get, a, like, the smaller fast food places where you are either, I would imagine. Like, um, yeah, well, no, like, uh, like Five Guys or... Uh, just generic. Yeah. And, I think of the fast fast food of the widespread chains like Hardee's is probably one that um I, I would say um I really liked the burgers from Cookout. Jesus Christ, they were good. Um good burgers there cuz like their small burger was still like a double. And um and all those places ever are. It's rare that you find a Cookout. They're they're kind of like an East Coast thing. I don't know if they're as far north as you. Um, I've never even heard of them. They're all around here. They have excellent milkshakes too, but I always like their burgers the best. Um, I thought that those fucking veggie burgers that we got at the Hilton for room service were fucking good. Those were good too. Not fast though. No. Um, I mean, fast for room service. Yeah. And not Let's that see. expensive. And um, scariest one you can think of. I The scariest. Maybe from when you were a kid. Now, this is when I was a kid, and I mean, it's pretty obvious one. Uh, I watched The Exorcist in our basement, and everybody was gone, and I watched it by myself, and this was back when I was still a brainwashed, uh, I guess I was a Christian, you know, I just yeah, got indoctrinated <laughs> and had to go to church and stuff like that, uh, and I was scared to fucking death, and I would, I went up to my room, and when I went to sleep, I couldn't sleep, and I was like praying and stuff, and you know, hoping the devil didn't get me, well, you know. He did. He got me. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it was either, um, and I've mentioned this one before. Um, there was it was one of the creep show movies with like. Uh, there's a part with like this. There's two scenes in particular. Barbo's big tits scared. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was. I can't. It might have been the second creep show, but it was. Uh, there was a scene with like some kind of like this green slime coming up through the slats of a of boards on a pier. And 
we had this lake. I think it was Creep Show. I don't remember what it is now. Um, but we had this lake very close to our house with a pier that looked a lot like it. And I was fucking like, all I could think about was that lake and the, all the shit that might be in it because of that. And that movie, um, and then um, it's not a horror movie, but there was the there was this part in the Beast <laughs> Beastmaster movie with these like big green dudes that with like capes, you know, like, like they're like like have like webbed wings or something. And whenever those guys would jump out, that and the part with the like the spiked zombie monsters that like roar and have glowing eyes when he walks in that hallway and all their hands just all of a sudden like like come out of the holes in the floor i used to shit myself um i wasn't really part. thrilled about going to the beach and going swimming when after i saw jaws <laughs> that was kind of <laughs> oh. like seaweed get around your act because you know you go to myrtle beach you go to like the down uh i know people that go to the you know caribbean and stuff like that and the water is so clear that you can just see all the way down at the bottom well, you go to like myrtle beach and the water's mucky i mean if you're in oh, the yeah. if you're in the ocean up to your chest you can't see anything below your you know if the water's up yeah. to your tits I mean, you can't see anything and a fucking piece of seaweed come and get wrapped around your ankle and it make you like about fish yourself <laughs> Another another scene. So I can't think of whole movies that really scared me, but I can always remember scenes. The fucking for some reason when I was a kid, the the three blind witches in the in the Clash of the Titans always scared yeah. the shit out of me when yeah. I was a kid too. That like whatever that hand was that came out of the pot and yeah, they used to scare me. And for some reason, I associate that pot that they were making with um, blue cheese salad dressing because I think I'd watched that movie <laughs> once while I was eating blue Spooky cheese and I soup. yeah. Um, cool. So thank you, Bryn, for that. And we got another feed sack here. I think this one has some production value. Yeah, here we go. Hello, hello, hello to my favorite American <laughs> podcasters. This time I would like to provide some audio feedback and spare loaf to read my ramblings. Yeah. I'm actually happy that you delayed the show today, so I could still send you in this MP3. First, regarding some feedback about your previous uh, Hong Kong Undercover Show episode. Uh, I really liked the episode, and especially uh, loved your comparison of Infernal Affairs and the uh, Martin Scorsese remake The Departed. Actually, I uh, pretty much uh, saw it the same way and was really blown away when first seeing Infernal Affairs. And I always thought that the part is just a mediocre output by the otherwise uh, usually ingenious uh, Scorsese. Mm -hmm. um, as you, I uh, also own uh, the second and third part of uh, the Departed, uh, Infernal Affairs. Ben, stop. <laughs> His dog's pissed. Sorry for my dog. Uh, <laughs> as you, I also own the second and third part of Infernal Affairs. And we'll try to watch them in the uh, next coming days. Watching 
actually listening to your episode uh, also re-sparked my interest in Asian movies in general. And I have gone through my uh, very small library of uh, Asian movies. And one uh, other really nice uh, thriller drama I would like to advise is a South Korean movie called Running Wild or Yasu from 2006. Hmm. It's basically a story of, uh, yeah, basically a buddy movie of uh, a police guy with uh, quite rude methods and uh, basically a DA, I guess, uh, teaming up to bring down um, um, a gangster. And uh, as far as I remember, it's a really amazing, powerful movie, which I will possibly uh, report a bit more in detail in, on the Facebook group, but it's really advised. Um Second, I uh, bought two movies today. One is called City of Violence, also from uh, South Korea, from 2007, which looks really nice and is supposed to have really nice fight scenes. And the other one is, of course, the uh, quite uh, famous uh, movie I also did not, not yet see called Outrage from a couple of years ago with oh, yeah. Peter Takeshi. I have uh, quite hope, yeah. high hopes in both movies. Um, yeah. I think you made Second, a Second, I uh, <laughs> wanted to... Uh, uh, yeah report that I finally watched uh, the, uh, of course, highly debated and highly praised the show uh, um, True Detective. Yeah, sorry, Lofa, I cannot spare you from some TV talk, uh, but uh, I was really, <laughs> really deeply impressed it. as uh, nearly everybody else in the group. And uh, this was not only by the uh, great uh, depiction of these two uh, different police guys and their backgrounds and uh, outlook on life, but uh, also because I uh, thought after the th second or third episode that basically what we're seeing here uh, played by Matthew McConaughey is uh, nothing else uh, than the philosophy of the German director Werner Herzog. So uh, basically the older guy could have pl been played also by a little bit younger Werner Herzog, I thought. And of course, what also really impressed me was I think in the second or third episode, the uh, yeah amazing details of... Uh, one uh, Alessandro Dario, so I guess it was really uh, great to see this in addition to the great crime story, so really um, piqued my interest in uh, multiple ways. <laughs> so uh, uh, one additional thing I... Um, Stop. Sorry, my cat. Um, one additional thing I Next is uh, gonna be found a bird. today, and of course I always try to uh, broaden my movie horizon, is uh, a French movie with the previous supermodel Letizia Casta mm. and um, a Belgian actor called Benoit Poulvorde, I guess. And he's uh, known for many, many movies, uh, many major and minor roles. Uh, for instance, um, uh, one major role in Man Bites Dog, which is quite well known, I guess. And this is kind of a S&M &M bondage movie uh, hey. with these two main actors. And... It has a quite low ranking on IMDb and on Amazon, but I'm uh, still interested to see into these kind of stories that I usually don't watch uh, that much. So let's see. I will report about this. Uh, yeah, that's basically it. Uh, thanks, as usual, for the great episodes. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, your new show, uh, um, uh, discussing a couple of drug-related movies and the one with James Woods. and. Uh, um, Sean Young, the wonderful Sean Young I've seen a couple of years ago and was quite impressed about it um, but I think I have to rewatch it again uh, but first I will watch the episode Wait, he was impressed with the so, boost? Uh, yeah, have uh -oh. a great week and uh, hope to talk to you uh, again uh, Have a great one, bye I think he was high <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you Arva, that was awesome uh, and I like that both animals had to get the, 
their time in, yeah. That was awesome. Um, okay, City of Violence is... Uh, Running Wild and City of Violence were the two Korean movies he recommended, by the way. Um, all right, so we got a couple questions. We posted that on on the group. Um, so let's go through those. Do you want to read them, or well, do you have the God thread damn. up? Uh, I, got, I, I got it up. It's okay. Oh, you want to okay. go ahead and read them. Yeah. Okay. And I'll, and we'll so just, um, just, uh, we'll do these. K- uh, Kashif was first. I hope I said your name right. Um, he asked, uh, would you ever consider doing another cinemasochism hate hate episode? The Fear Showgirls episode was an episode of such sadistic glee. I would love to hear another <laughs> such episode. Um, Why not? The, and then Justin <laughs> piped in. <laughs> they may they may ban me from the group if they do another Cinemasochism episode, which I'm fine with as long as they cover the Legally Blonde films. My question is, will you guys do a Legally Blonde double deuce? <laughs> I, I will say this. I have seen uh, at least one Legally Blonde film. I've seen maybe, the first one. Maybe both of them, because I was actually dating a blonde. <laughs> that <laughs> That's was the, the reason? greatest thing ever. Okay, so I'd do it. Yes, we would do that, and let's. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. We'll do legally blonde sometime. Maybe, maybe we need to pick instead of doing two legally blondes. We'll pick another shitty one. So Justin, get up, get back on it. Maybe we'll do legally blonde one and something else. That remember that fucking David Arquette turd. Um, <laughs> all right, let's see. R E asked. What was the name? Was the name Silva and Gold your first choice, or did you have another title for the show in mind? Fuck, I don't know. I think that I, I wrote a goddamn song for feedback uh, or something involved. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think it was always like I think we were doing the show, and like that was just the that was the original idea. I don't think there was another ever another thing on the table. Yeah. I can't. Um, we, you know, we had the idea to do the show before we had a name for it, and we were trying to figure out what the theme, like the. So once we figured out that we wanted to do a double, uh, a double feature every week, um, the original idea was not for it to be Henry Silva and Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Um, it was the 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 name Silva is sir is from Henry Silva, but that was more because we were uh, a spinoff of Gentleman's Guide. Yeah. It came, um, it came down to between uh, silver and gold and fart and burp, fart burp and wrestling. Yeah, um, I'm glad we went with silver and gold. <laughs> um, and then the other one was uh, the pickle loaf and Doctor Zom uh, uh, Jesus saves hour. <laughs> and I just farted when I said that. So, you know. um, so Bernie asked a couple. Sorry. He said, "When are you going to do my motherfucking Morris chestnut double?" <laughs> and um, I, I don't know. What the fuck's that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, he said, and how do you feel about you two spreading their filthy poison to millions of unsuspecting iTunes users? <laughs> Did you hear about that? No, I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, so if you look, um, so this past week, uh, no, on September 9th, Apple had a uh, a media event where they announced the new iPhones that are coming out this coming Friday. In this meeting, you two played a song, and then uh, Tim Cook came back out on stage and, like, as like a as a like, look how cool we are. Said, everybody, if you go and check your iTunes right now, 
we're giving you U2's new album. For free. So, for free. So, if you, right now, Zom, if you look at your purchased items list huh? uh, in, in the iTunes store under music, you'll see the, the U2 album to download if you want. Okay. Um, I, what I thought about it is I have not cared about anything U2 has done for the last 25 years. Um, and I was actually annoyed <laughs> that it showed up there because I have a very short iTunes purchased list. I probably own more movies from iTunes than I do songs. So I have, I significantly increased my purchased items list with this U2 album that I had to look at. You can't get rid of purchased items. So it really bothered me. And people were like, why does it bother you so much? I was like, well, I've, you know, my library is something I, I, I curate this and, I don't want something floating there that I could like stumble across by accident that yeah. I just don't want there at all and not have a way to delete it. But there were enough upset people where they've now uh, issued a way to remove it from your purchase items list. <laughs> so I did that. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know. I guess I'd listen to it. It's I, there if you want to listen to it. Uh-huh. All right. Let's see. Um, Those things that are free are, you know... I, I like stuff that's most stuff that's free is good, unless it's like the clap. <laughs> yes, I agree. Not uh, wait, no, I don't. Um, I okay. Jeff wrote. Um, he has one for you and one for me. Okay, okay. Um, for you, uh-huh. it's actually movie related. What would you recommend for someone that's looking to watch more classic war films, a la All Quiet on the Western Front? Um, well, you can go way back to Gary Cooper in Sergeant York. Oh, um, that's a good one where they, where he gets the medal for yeah. rushing the, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and that's, I said that one cause you know, world war one, he was talking about all quiet on the Western front. Um, geez, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, Longest there's a day. lot of old John Wayne ones that, uh, say what you want about John Wayne, but like, uh, flying leathernecks, flying tigers, fighting CBs. Uh, Sands of Iwo Jima is a is a real classic uh, one there. So the 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 longest day one with, yeah. with like everybody in it. Yeah. Shit, yeah, really great cast and everything there. Um, I liked uh, even though it was kind of uh, melodramatic in harm's way with John Wayne and Kirk Douglas. It had a kind of an all star cast too, but it's more of a naval kind of a deal. You know, there's there's just a ton of shit out there. It's the thing. It's like um, when uh, we were. Uh, like uh, when Gronky was on the show and we were talking about Star Trek, um, it's one of those things that some people, if you can, if you watch like um, Black Hawk Down or Saving Private Ryan and things like that, and then you go back and watch uh, some war movies from say, like the the 40s and 50s, you might think they're kind of cornball, but it's one. Right. I grew up watching those movies, so for me, it's easy for me to. To kind of, it has a nostalgia feel. Um, so you know, it just depends on you know your taste and everything. But there's a lot of good the, World War Two, uh, uh, and uh, there's a couple of Korean ones. Um, this is the Steel Helmet. The Steel Helmet. I was just getting ready to say yeah. that, and that's the one that I saw for the first time, and I re- I was really impressed with that one for a, and, especially uh, for a '50s movie. Yeah, and then uh, this one, I think it's called men in war it's uh robert ryan and aldo ray which is really mm-hmm. good that's another uh, korean one and jeff asked me what would i do 
if someone crawled in my bedroom window and shaved my mustache. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I've said to, I've said before, the mustache now it's like I'm tied to it just because I've had to. Like I, I spend more time on my face than I do brushing my hair, but it's like if it just went away all of a sudden, it'd be weird. But it was like I'd just either I'd, I'd probably grow it again or maybe be lazy and not. I don't know. I, I, it's kind of like my image now. So it's in, yeah. a, in a way, I'm stuck to it. But if it just disappeared all of a sudden, I don't know if it would really bother me all that much. I, I, I mean, always liked um, like when you have facial hair for a really. I like keeping it for so long that people get used to it. And then shaving it off because <laughs> it really fucks with them. Yeah. And it fucks with you too because your lip looks like it's really huge and you're like, oh, why did I shave that off? Oh, and, and Jeff said, I've submitted these questions while I was pooping. So, ah, there you go. Okay. So David says, Mary, fuck, kill. Pauly Shore, Michelle Bachman, Kirk Cameron. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, I would kill Polly Shore. That's not even a fucking question. I hate that motherfucker. Um, okay. Now, of course, I th- I would fuck Michelle Bachman because number one, she's a woman and I'm heterosexual. Number two, she's a huge conservative Christian, and I have kind of a sadistic sexual thing <laughs> where I can get pleasure out of like punishing someone and treating them like a dog and, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> uh, Kirk Cameron, I would marry Kirk Cameron because I think that he would be, uh, first of all, he would never leave you. He'd never cheat on you probably. And he would be very clean and keep the house tidy. <laughs> I would, let's see. Um, Holly sure has a bubble butt. <laughs> I might, I might, yes, I would probably, lies. I'm, I'm all right with Polly Shore. So I'd probably marry Polly Shore, kill Kirk Cameron because he would, he would really be upset that I had married Polly Shore. And then I would cheat on Polly Shore by fucking Michelle Bachman. <laughs> all right. Let's see. <laughs> Speaking of poop, how many times a day do you usually poop? Asks Eric. Well, you know, for the most part, I was I was just talking about this the other day. Work. <laughs> um, I was pretty good for like once a day, and it was yeah. a, it was perfectly timed. As soon as I would get home in the morning, I'd open the door, let the dogs out, which they would go out and poop, and then I would sometimes <laughs> just just because I like to have something to read. Well, I usually have like a big pile of either comic books or some books I'm working on beside the toilet, uh, but. Uh, I just usually just make it in there and and take care of business, but like God, here recently it, uh, it's been like maybe like three times a day. And I'm, I'm the not, same. I'm, I'm, I'm in the same about, boat. Like, Dragon tail Godzilla tails. Oh, I, mine's not like that. I still am very regular with at least once a day, and it's within an hour of waking up in the morning. Yeah. Uh, especially if I drink coffee. Yeah. Um, but is usually my thing. I think it's, you know, (laughs) maybe it's a combination. I don't know Um, because I'm up all night. uh, I I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell, but it's, 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 it's good. It's a good thing. Well, lately for me though, it's been the the regular morning one. And then instead of extra Godzilla tales, it's like extra little, just like, like 
nuggets. Pudding deposits, where it's oh, just like enough butt. to keep you fucking like feeling like you need to take a shower right afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> it's driving me crazy, man. I don't I, know. I need to change my diet. I got those Something. wipes. You know, you guys kept saying oh, they're beautiful. Wipes. Well, the thing is, I didn't look, and I got these fucking wipes that you can't flush. And oh no! <laughs> have to open the thing. It's like a bag, and you open it, and you have to buy a thing to keep them in. And I was like, I don't want something that I can't fucking flush. Where do you get the ones that you flush? I don't, I just buy them at the grocery store. I looked like Charmin makes department. ones you can flush. Okay, well, I was at Walmart, and I just went back, and it was in the baby department that sells. No, the- no, 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 no. It's in it's in the toilet paper air section. In the toilet paper section. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, then yeah. that's where I need to go because I really wanted to try that. Because the other oh, day beautiful. I got uh, a little bit of uh, uh, because it was when I was I like I said I must have been when I was sleeping a lot, um, and when you're laying down, you know, there's no gravity like pulling the you know excrement through your body. Um, and I must have been backed up. So I was doing the, you know, two, three times a day, maybe three times a day or whatever. And I got, I was getting kind of like a, a little sore. Yeah, you got to ear it. Yeah, because you have to use that dried, especially at work when they have the fucking recycled notebook oh, paper for toilet, toilet paper. paper. Oh. So I wanted to yeah. get those wipes. I thought, okay, this this would be good. But then when I saw that, I was like, well, hell, I can't use these fucking things. Like, I'm gonna <laughs> you just have to throw your shit smear in the, in the trash. <laughs> in the trash can. But so I I I, I uh, somebody somebody got me like for Christmas as a gift like a one of those things that has like a shampoo and uh, uh, toiletry stuff in it and it had mm-hmm. some kind of a cream this rosebud cream and I got a little dab and I and I put it back there you know to to to, to soothe me it worked yeah. soothing it was soothing um, the and frost my giant smelled like rosebuds it's <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking uh, um, Orson Welles at the end of at the, at Citizen Kane when he said Rosebud, they didn't know what he was talking about. It was his butthole. It, 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 it's, they were, he was talking about, he's like, Zom's ass smells his like Rosebud. Um, okay, Frost Giant asks, how do you milk chocolate? How do you milk chocolate? <laughs> I guess being, it's a joke. Is he being funny? That must be Australian humor. Spanish humor. You grab it by um, the nipples. Armin asks, is it still okay to send in some feed sack? So no. yes, uh, <laughs> <Not now. laughs> it's still fine. Send it whenever. Okay. Um, and Corey asked three questions. One, would you eat some vegan gluten-free onion rings like the ones I just made with my wife? And he posted a picture of them and they look fantastic. I would definitely eat those. I love onion rings. Would you eat them? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yes. Yeah. They look great. Um, two, how do you cope with loss? <sighs> I actually saw this question <laughs> like last night, and I was thinking about it. Um, I was, okay, at one point in my life when I was fairly immature, uh, now, I, now, now this is one type of loss. This is the like somebody dumping your fucking dumbass. Yeah. I was not very good with that. Uh, and uh, we get real depressed and sad and everything and, and all this shit. The older I've gotten, and this this even includes like the loss of when someone passes away. Now yeah. I will say this: I guess it's because with my pets, I'm so close to them, and they're like my kids. Um, oh, that's brutal, and it, it's yeah. it's hard, and it hurts, and everything. But other stuff, I just kind of I don't know. I think I'm getting colder and more used up, so there's not a lot in there to get upset. <laughs> Well, there's a there's a that that line in the movie Her 
when he talks about, you know, what if I've already felt everything and everything I feel from now on is just like a lesser version of the same thing. And it's like, sometimes I feel like that's the same shit. Um, I've, I've classically been a bottler though. Um, always no matter what it is. Uh, I will deal with it internally. I'll probably fucking have diarrhea for a week and hate <laughs> myself, but not really share it with anybody. So, well, when he um, says I, how do you cope with loss, does he mean like losing your car keys? He doesn't say. He Maybe just says how do you cope with loss. But then he asks a question: Have you ever left anything in a rental car or on a plane? And if so, what? Uh, no, I have neither. Um, I've never. My dad I, is so paranoid that, like, even when we stay in the hotel room or. Or or something like that. Before you leave, he would he would always be like, "Okay, now look around and check everywhere and make sure you know that you have everything." And so when I would get ready to leave a hotel or anything like that, I look under the fucking bed, I look under the covers, I look in the bathroom, I look everywhere because I always am paranoid that I'm gonna like leave something important. I have uh, left a deuce here and there. <laughs> I dropped them yeah. um, in a rental car. Um, I, I'll tell you what, I have never went to the bathroom on an airplane. I have, and it's not fun if you're over like 5'5". Five, five. Your fucking knees have like all crammed up in the fucking wall. It's pretty brutal. Um, a bathroom I've never left that. anything on a, in a rental car or plane. The only thing I can think of that I ever <sighs> that I ever left somewhere, it was, um, I, I had an old Xbox and I had this game called Midtown Madness. It was a silly little Microsoft game where you drive a car around and play like Capture the Flag with other people online. And I was fucking obsessed with this game. And my Xbox broke and I had to take it in to exchange it. And I fucking left my Midtown Madness game in it and forgot. And then I was so pissed about it, I never bought it again. So I've not played that game in years <laughs> because I was so pissed that I you lost showed it. showed them. Yeah, I showed them. I'm not gonna buy that shit twice, and that's. Uh, but I've never left anything on a rental. In a rental, I have not driven too many rental cars. Yeah, they're expensive. Last time I drove one was when I was in a. I, I totaled my car back. I would in like to 05. like when I go on some of these long trips. I've thought you know it'd be cool to to rent like a a nice car or whatever and drive somewhere if it's like you know down to even where you are, Myrtle Beach or something like that, or mm-hmm. Orhound or something. And then you know if you stay in state. It doesn't. It's not really horrible as far as. But man, when you go out of state, it's when you cross lines, they really start jacking up the price. Yeah, it gets expensive. But no, I've never left anything on a plane or. Yep. So, and that's all the questions. Thank you guys. That was fun. Um. So, next week on the show, it is episode one five zero. Our multiple of twenty five episodes means. We're doing a Silva and a Gold. We're doing a Henry Silva movie, and we're doing a Dolph Lundgren movie. Um, we the Dolph find movie, a fart, fart movie, because we couldn't find any fart wrestling movies. So the um, the Dolph movie we're going to do is one that he also he starred in and directed, the Russian Specialist or the Mechanic, spelled yeah. with a K, with a K. Um, the last letter is a K. Now I was going to ask you so. This one was recommended in the group, but I just thought of another one that might work too. Yeah. The original suggestion was uh, for Henry Silva was Alligator from 1980. Mm-hmm. Would you rather do, because it was brought up that we have yet to cover a Steven Seagal movie, would you rather do Above the Law from 1988? You think you're above the law? You're not above my law. 
Um, so alligator or above the law? I'm it's got you Silva in it, and it's got Seagal. Yeah, and we've not done a Seagal movie, which was brought to our yeah, attention. We can have some recently. fun with some Seagal. Let's do that. We're going to do a sorry alligator. We'll get you next time. Yeah. The Russian specialist and above the law for next week. So you can always send us feed sacks to two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred or silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com find our show on iTunes on Stitcher Radio and on our website at silvergold.com join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash silverandgold or our wrestling group which I don't know the wrestling I don't know the, na- the address for that one but it's wrestling and gold well, that W-R-A. Really we've gotten some a lot of members recently I think some that's catching on we've got a couple new ones in ours but wrestling's really picked up a uh, good mix there of old and new shit. And yeah, Facebook group's fun too. It's really, uh, it's come come together a little bit there. So um, I think that's about it. <laughs> I am going to go fix a computer. I'm out here talking to my dogs. I can hear them out there speaking to my dogs. The neighbor? Those people around here are pretty cool. They like my dogs. So. That's good. Why did I open up a link for X-Men Apocalypse? Taco huh. lips. May- oh, now I'm hungry. I would like to have some of those uh, vegan... Uh, vegan onion, onion rings. rings. So, I guess uh, you could get the vegan batter or something. So yeah. Sounds good. Well, I have some stuff in there. I could probably make them. I like onion rings. Even though maybe sometimes hate, they make my tum-tum hurt. I just hate frying food in my house because I hate it when my house smells like yeah. grease. I like, I like uh, when... Um, my house stinks like I. It reminds me of my grandma because when she would cook, and your whole house just smells like uh, onions and food. Yeah, my my uh, like my grandmother's house. Would, my, my my grandmother's house would always smell like because uh, she fried chicken and shit all the time, and it would always smell like fat back and <laughs> <laughs> fat back and lard. So there's a nostalgic smell there, definitely. So anyway. Uh, that's it for this week. Until next time, this is a loaf oot and zom oot. Bye bye.